One, you live, baby. Welcome to the basement. Let's go. Yeah. Hi. Hi. What is happening here? What is happening here? Oh my goodness. Are you going to start crying, Tim? Good morning, America. <laughs> Welcome to the Basement Television Show. I might be prophesying right now. You have joined us live in New York in front of a live studio audience. Welcome to the basement, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Tim Ross. I am so grateful to be with you. We are live and direct. We have brought it to your neck. We got now. We don't hear, care who got next. <laughs> Rapper slash exec Cordell Stewart. Never mind. <laughs> Sean Carter might have influenced those lyrics slightly. I'm so grateful that you are here. Uh, shout out to all my dwellers that are live in the building right now. Shout out to all of you that are watching live on YouTube. I am so grateful to be with you. Um, this is a beautiful thing. Like, we have already been vibing with each other. Been hanging out for about 45 minutes, and it's just different when you get to be in the room. It is different when you get to look people in their eyes, see their faces, give them hugs. Um, the safe space has become a safe place in NYC. And we here. We just here. We just here. So um, yo, I'm just so I'm just so happy. Shout out to all of my uh B-side launch dwellers, everybody that's on the Discord chat, everybody that's downloaded the app. If you haven't downloaded the app, what are you doing? I just keep asking you this question all the time. What are you even doing? You have Disney, you have Netflix, you have Hulu, you have Paramount. <laughs> I don't know how Paramount even tricked you into thinking. You have Peacock. But you don't have a B-side app. Por qué? Um, but uh, if you have it, thank you. And if you downloaded it, thank you. The thing is, we got over 20,000 downloads. Got about 5,600. I'll pull, I'll pull it up shortly. Just, uh, uh, subscribers, and um, we're just getting started. We are just getting started. Here's the thing. When you start something, God loves to see something start. Like, that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is that that hitter in Zechariah is the truth. Zechariah chapter number four, the Lord loves to see a work begin. 25,000 downloads. 25,000 downloads. That's kind of fire. That's kind of fire. Wasn't there an app 
What was that app that thought they were going to do like My whole space. shows in like four minutes? Do you remember? Mm -mm. Like they put like a billion dollars into it. Mm. They were bringing back um, Punked and they had all these shows. You MySpace, LimeWire, Hulu. You AOL, went back too far. AOL.com, <laughs> MSN. Do y'all remember that? It was 2019. Was it Tubi? No, not Tubi. Because Tubi's still going. <laughs> um, so here's what's sad. They put a billion dollars into it, and I can't even remember the name of it. Mm. Like that, and that was 2019, and it's already done. So uh, anyway, I, I'm, um, I'm grateful for the opportunity that we have to give people not just a safe space, but also a safe place. And uh, to our Discord community, I love you guys. Y'all like the realest of the real. That Discord community, them jokers in there paying for each other's like lights and stuff. Like it's some straight up Acts 2 stuff going on in there. Like they had all things in common and they gave everything to make sure everybody was okay. Like that's truly happening in our uh, Discord. So, um, Hector, how do we even want to start, well, bro? Well, before we move on and you know, you do your, uh, your verbal gymnastics and make us cry. I <laughs> that's not intended, but if it happens. Uh, on, from my words. Yeah, we can't control how other people Amen. feel. Amen. Red sweater already told us this. <laughs> that's when you know you family when you're just calling people by what they wear. Red sweater said. <laughs> just kidding. Well, uh, on behalf of everybody, uh, Tim, we're all here because of you. And you, you have quite literally allowed God to change you which mm. has changed us. Mm. And I just want to say thank you. Like my legacy's changed forever. Mm. My kids, their kids, you, you were a part of that. And I just want to say thank you for leading the charge in something that is incredibly uncomfortable, which is just teaching people how to be vulnerable. Thanks, man. So thank you. I appreciate thank you. you. I appreciate you. All right, so um, did you just low-key announce that you and Rachel are pregnant? We are not pregnant. Okay, I was about... <laughs> hey, let, let that be a lesson. I hear everything. I hear oh, every, you caught it. <laughs> oh, I hear everything. I might not be able to respond to everything I hear. Oh, but I heard it. <laughs> like, that, that's the thing that, that's one thing that you have to learn to like grow and develop in is that everything you hear is not worth your response. Mm. Mm. But it doesn't mean that you didn't hear it. And it doesn't mean that you don't have to process it, but it also doesn't mean it's worth your response, right? Like, I can hear praise and I can hear criticism. You can't let either one of them affect you. If your mindset is like, the more people that tell me I'm doing good is confirmation that I'm doing good, you're setting yourself up for failure. Because that means the first person that says something bad or critiques what you're doing is gonna make you spiral and make you question your whole existence. So you can't do it for praise or you can't do it for criticism. You have to do it out of obedience. If you're a believer, like I always make that disclaimer. Like if you ain't a believer, you just doing stuff cause you just trying to figure your life out. But if you're a believer, you gotta know what you've been called to do and you just gotta do it. And if that's what you do, then you will do it well. So um, yeah. 
That's fantastic. Since the launch uh, in on November third, how has how has it been? Obviously, life has been really crazy. Um, stuff internally for pops and you building a company. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. So could you walk us through what that experience has been like for you just inside emotionally and mentally navigating all of this? Um, y'all know, um, y'all seem fantastic for, they all kind of suck, but, <laughs> but Mr. Fantastic, the dude that can stretch himself, that's, that's been me since 22. I just been stretched beyond my capacity, my comfort zone. I have, I've had to grieve some things and I'm talking about like not even bad things, just stuff about my personality. I am an introvert. Like, for real, I love people, but they drain me, right? And, and all that, and that's not even like in a negative way, it's just how many extroverts in here? Let's do a poll since we live. Okay, extroverts, <laughs> I'm in a room full of me. <laughs> all of you are as uncomfortable as I am right now. <laughs> They're like, we don't really wanna be here, sir. <laughs> We're dying just like you are. Hold on, let me see that extroverts. Cause y'all eager to raise y'all hand. By my count, that's like 11 of y'all. The rest of the room are introverts, introverts. This is wild. This is wild. How many ambiverts, you're in the middle? Okay. All right, so, so here's the thing. Introverts enter a room and they are energized by the people, right? Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, extroverts enter a room, they're, 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 they're energized by the people. Introverts enter the room, they're energized by the same people. It's just a matter of whose cup feels faster. For an extrovert, they gotta be at the party for three and a half hours, right? They, they just buzzy. They, they talking, you know what I mean? They ain't gonna feel good till they hit everybody in the room. Right? Right? An introvert enters the same room, locks eyes with one person, talks to them (laughs) for 52 minutes. The only other people they see are people that walked up to them and was like, hi. And you're like, anyway. Right? (laughs) It is you. (laughs) We are right here. And, And after 52 minutes, we're like, look at the top. My cup runneth over. I'm going home. And it's like, bro, he was so standoffish. He didn't even talk to nobody. I talked to him. And we had a real, what Juliet and I call a DMC, a deep, meaningful conversation. Because I, I just, I can't do surface. Like, I just can't be like, man, yo, wow. For real? Say less, fat. <laughs> Whoa, that's crazy. I can't do that. So I probably talk to you for 52 minutes, lead a party, right? Introvert, extrovert's gonna be out there for a whole three and a half hour. Y'all give it up for Trey. Trey literally ran and got another HDMI cord. Trey, the real MVP out here. Trade a real MVP out here. That dude literally bounced to go get another HDMI card and walked back in like I wasn't gonna notice. Like he never left. So, um, 
so I've been stretched. Like to do this for me is a stretch. Not in the, and not in terms of like I don't want to do it, but in terms of like it's not my it's not my default personality. Um, I used to have a lot of people. Uh, when I was preaching, I always say like, man, you was in my city and you didn't even tell me, you didn't even let me know. Here's my legit mindset. I was going to work. Why would I tell you I was going to work? Like if I worked for UPS, I wouldn't be like, on my way to work. <laughs> Jumping in the brown truck, about to whip these packages. Like, like So I, 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 um, I've been stretched in a lot of ways. I'm very private. I'm still a very private person. When you're asked to make a lot of your private life public and still try to have a private life, that's a stretch. Um, when you have people that talk about you, good or bad, and you, it's inevitable that you're gonna hear it, that's a stretch. Um, I'm a... I'm a confrontational person. A lot of people hear the word confrontation and think argument. They think, no, I, I like to confront. I like to, confront literally means to face forward. Both of y'all are facing the same direction as the issue. So like, let's just say there was a log in the road. For you and I to confront the log, we would both be looking the same direction as the log. That's confronting, right? If I'm looking at the log and you look in the opposite direction, we are not confronting. So it's weird to be in a space where people are talking in a camera as if they're talking to you. But then when I'm like, where are you at though? <laughs> I, I wasn't, you weren't, basically you weren't supposed to see that or I'm just, I brought this up because I wanted my community to weigh in on how they felt about what you said. And I'm like, but you called my name and looked in the camera and said my name. Where are you? No. I talked to a couple of them on the phone and it sounded like peanut butter was stuck to the roof of their mouth. It's real, it's different when you have to, that thumb energy and that eye to eye that joint is, that hits different. You start seeing little twitches in people's facial fibers. You're like, who nervous here? Well, I thought you, I thought you meant that. Where you at? And I can't do that. That's just the hood I was raised in. So that's a stretch, right? To have to kill your flesh and be like, I heard you and I, I heard you. <laughs> and I'm gonna see you in a green room. Cause the world's small. I'm gonna see you at a restaurant cause the world's small. I'm a, we got mutual friends, the world is that small. I'm gonna see you and I'm gonna have to crucify my flesh and give you a hug and tell you I love you and mean it. Cause my rabbi told me to. Matthew five was real. So I gotta do that. And if I gotta do that, I gotta be dead. So it's a stretch to stay dead. <laughs> it's really a stretch to stay, stay dead. So that's, it's the stretching, bro. That's what it is. So you said that some people don't like the word confront because it's attached to some things, whether that might be fear or uh, a people-pleasing factor. Where do you think a lot of that 
in, in your experience with 27 years of ministry and all the counseling, where have you seen that come from in most people whenever there is a confrontation and you have to address something? You're calm, cool, and collected, but on the inside for them, they might be like dying and they're scared and it, it's showing in their hands and everything that they do. Where do you feel like that comes from for most people? So I've been dealing, I've been musing over this word for months and um, a, lot of, a lot of people, what a lot of people would not know is that um, I, I never just pop off at the mouth. If something comes out of my mouth, it's because I thought about it for a long time. I call it putting it in the crock pot. I've had sermons that I, I, I would be reading the Bible and I'm like, oh, this is a preach. And I wouldn't preach it for like two years because I was thinking about it for two years. So it's not like as soon as I see it or read it, I'm about to preach. Like, I got to think about it. I remember telling the elders of Embassy City when I was, on, uh, when I was the lead pastor, I would say, um, I just want to be clear. Y'all don't pay me to preach. Y'all pay me to think. I know a lot of people that preach but don't think. And we've heard those services. We've heard those sermons. Um, a lot of people didn't think I was thinking when I said stripper. I thought about that. Um, so I had to I had to think about this for a long time to make sure I had it right cuz I don't like misdiagnosing me or others. So to answer the question, I have to give you all that disclaimer. To answer the question is, the, the question that you pose, the answer is, I think the big thing that we're dealing with now is incongruence. It's a nice little word. But incongruence is, I, is the big deal that I think the church is about to be reconciling with. Are you who you are all the time? Could your church handle you? All of you. All the time. Now, I'm not talking about acting unseemly or not understanding the space you're in. It would be very inappropriate for someone to use the restroom right here. That would be weird. So I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about, I think what the church is being reconciled with right now in 2024, I'm not saying it's going to happen all in a year, in a calendar year, but I'm, we're in a space now where I think incongruence is going to have to be addressed. You cannot continue to be two totally different people and get away with it. And I'm not talking about like you in some abject deep sin. I'm just talking about like, you enjoy a cigar and a whiskey, but you could never post it because your elders and your church would be like, my pastor is a drunkard. <laughs> You've never been drunk in your life. But now you have to have like 
this separation, something that's not even sinful, but it has to be separated because of what people might think. So here's the seed that it sows. It sows a seed of duplicity. Because now I'm taking this hat off to put this hat on. But now I have to make sure that's private. So guess what starts to grow? What starts to grow is this separation between who you authentically want to be and the person you feel like you have to be. Now, I've been in ministry for 28 years, so I know how this ends. Scratch. I've been a believer for 28 years, so I already know how this ends. This ends with male or female, metaphorically, being Samson looking for Delilah's lap. Because then you just want a place where you don't have to be nobody. You ain't got to be nobody's pastor. You ain't got to be nobody's evangelist. You ain't got to be nobody's saved person. Why? Because you were never given a safe enough space for all of you to be seen, heard, known, loved. And that's what this is. That's what this whole community is about. It's about us all being seen, heard, known and loved even if we're disagreed with. That's a safe space. I can take all of you in and be like, I don't agree with you though. <laughs> that's, what make, that's what I love about this community. I've, had, I've, I've seen some of the comments in our live chat sometime where they like, yeah, Tim, I disagree. I don't think you should have said that or done that, but I still rock with you though. That's a more genuine thing than cancel him. He must die. <laughs> All of him must be bad. No, you just don't like that part of me. There's some parts of you you don't like. Paul was even honest about that. Have you read Romans 7? Paul didn't like himself. For the good that I would do, that that I don't do. I'm talking about a riddle me this. <laughs> read that in King James and see if you like Shakespeare. <laughs> Shakespeare here today. So, so... Um, I feel like part of the one of the biggest stretches is that um, I think I've been asked by the Holy Spirit. And again, I'm open to be wrong. People be thinking when you say, like, I feel like the Holy Spirit says something to me. That you must be off your rocker. Well, who else is leading you if it ain't the Holy Spirit? <laughs> and guess what? If you off, if you're humble enough to just say, you know what? That wasn't even him. That was all me. That's refreshing, right? As opposed to like, what am I supposed to say? I think a demon prince <laughs> from Persia has asked me. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, Sam. I don't want you to finish this next sentence, right? So, so I, I feel like one of my assignments is to model what it means to be congruent. This is who I am. It's not like the cameras go off and I'm like, oh, gosh. No, it can be me. I, I'm actually me all the time. Now, was, when I was a pastor, maybe I couldn't be like, maybe there was like 20% of me I had to leave in the back because that wasn't appropriate for the pulpit. But I wasn't that far off from who I am now, but understand, I'm preaching a sermon. So if I'm preaching a sermon, 
That's a completely different conversation than me sitting on my couch. I think I've already talked about this, but nobody can convince me that former President Barack Obama doesn't say the word nigga. My guy put his playlist out. J. Cole is on that playlist. Jay-Z is on that playlist. Kendrick Lamar is on that. And you honestly think a dude raised from the south side of Chicago is not in his house with his wife, Michelle. Michelle? Uh, I'm not understanding. What's going on in Ukraine? But this nigga Putin is tripping. I, no one's gonna make me believe he doesn't say that. Would it be appropriate at the, the State of the Union? My fellow niggas. <laughs> I really appreciate uh, you all being here today. I uh, have an update on the travesty that's going on in the Middle East. I've talked to these niggas several times <laughs> about uh, hopefully having some type of reprieve from the atrocities that's taken place. Uh, just can't get uh, certain niggas to pick up the phone. <laughs> it's not... <laughs> Mr. President, it's not appropriate. But if he's on his couch in his house, you mad that he's not code switching? This is about congruency, right? I don't like Tim saying nigga. I don't like Tim saying damn. I don't like Tim saying hell. I don't like the fact that he cussed on four pods. Not 24, not 44, four. And then I was convicted by the Holy Spirit, which I believe he did give me the liberty, and I still have. But I still preach at churches. And if my friends, I don't want my friends in the lobby of their churches answering questions about my podcast. That's weird. So I wouldn't continue in that liberty if it's causing them some crosswind. That's not good for the body. I'm not trying to divide nobody. And I don't want them, that, that's a headache. So I stopped with the stronger stuff. Damn and hell is still permitted. <laughs> <laughs> that F-bomb gave some people seizures. But they watched all of Game of Thrones. I'm just talking about congruent, I'm just talking about congruency. I'm talking about congruency. Right? Like, I'm just talking about, con like, so congruency to me is like, like, I just want people, like, to have the opportunity, like, if this is where you are now, can I love you right there? Right? Do you understand? Jesus is at the dinner table for his last supper, and two of 12 of his disciples are about to go buck. One's about to walk out and betray him. The other one's going to deny him. And he finished dinner. <laughs> Child, please. I couldn't have known. 
Let me find out one of y'all is in here. Just to go, just to like get everything about what's going on here and walk out and do a blog and be like, Tim's full of sugar honey iced tea, right? I would excuse you now. Jesus is like, one of you. <laughs> the one who dips the bread in at the same time I do is going to betray me. This fool Judas. Is it me? <laughs> The lack of self-awareness was wild. I wonder who that? Who are you talking about? Are they in here now? Or you got company coming after we leave? Can't be me. He knew one would betray him. He knew one would deny him. And he still had held space for both of them. Because Jesus, as a human being, is the most self-regulated human that ever walked the face of the earth. And so he's able to just hold space for everybody right where they are. Mind you, it's the same dude that while he is stretched out wide, hung up high, bleeding out for the sins of you and I, says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Where they do that at? While he's being crucified not afterwards not like after he got up after three days ha ha thought you had me <laughs> yeah thought you was gonna kill me huh i'm back but i forgive you no while he's being in the middle of crucifixion father forgive them for they know that what they do that's getting to you huh it's getting to you that's why i love i love this what what are you feeling Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. No, I appreciate you saying that. I that that's how I feel. Right? So so if he's up on the cross bleeding out and says Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. Which most people that are hurting you don't actually know they're doing it. Can we just be honest? That, that, that the average person in here doesn't have an arch nemesis on the scale of Lex Luthor. That's waking up in the morning like, DeAndre is going down. Like, like you know what I'm saying? Like, nobody's waking up in the the chances of somebody wake up in the morning like, Bianca, my whole day is committed to making sure she knows someone in this earth hates her. Like, like, the average person doesn't have that, right? If I have, I don't, I don't think, it, if I have that person, I don't even know it, right? Because they're not even on my radar. The average person who hurts you has no idea they're doing it. They have no idea why they're doing it because they haven't investigated their own trauma. Yeah. And so a person that hasn't gone internal to address their own pain can only externally address yours and cause you pain. 
So he's hanging up, right? So he forgives these people. Then he pivots to Mary and John and is like, Mom, that's your son now. Son, that's your mama. So now you, you're doing firstborn things. <laughs> you, you like transferring power of attorney and <laughs> you handling trustee issues and all this kind of stuff. Then you're in between two thieves. One's talking ish. And the other one's like, fam, we about to die. And you ain't even aware enough to know that this dude might be who he really says he is. And Jesus is like, today you'll be with me in paradise. What? And I can't handle a reaction video? <laughs> like, like, in scale, are you really going through anything for real? Like, 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 because uh, a lot of time we just don't put stuff in perspective. It's just every the whole world's coming against me. The eleven people that didn't like your video <laughs> has now become the entire world. That can't be the truth. So for me, I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to navigate this season of my life in context to the Bible. Like, not in context to what other people are doing. Like, I read the Bible, fam. <laughs> Chris can tell you. I'm a Bible guy. If it don't, it, everything that I do, I must see it in the Bible first. I remember somebody spazzed. Uh, uh, I don't know. We've done too many podcasts. I was going to try to, like, name the podcast. That's not going to happen. We did a podcast a few months ago, and somebody asked a very specific question. It was so specific. The question was, is it a sin to masturbate if you're not looking at pornography and not thinking about lustful images? My response was, I don't know. <laughs> I know the Bible says something about lusting. I know the Bible says something about dying to your flesh. That specific question, I don't know. And people actually died on the inside. Because they, no, it is a sin, and I can't believe you said, can we stop being Holy Ghost Junior? <laughs> like, I believe the Holy Spirit can convict people of sins. I believe that's what John 14, 15, 16, that's what Jesus was talking about. It was in red. He said, I'm sending the Holy Spirit. He's going to do these things. The fact that you think he needs your help is wild on such a really specific question. I don't know. I've never been presented with that scenario. I know I can't do it because I'm not going to just be thinking about blank. And so when someone calls, <laughs> you have to be ready at a moment's notice to answer. You just can't leave people hanging <laughs> and sometimes no answer is an answer sometimes humility is just like man i don't know sometimes humility is silence when some people are in deep trauma and deep pain the best thing you can show up and give them is your presence like don't say nothing just walk in the room just sit down and if they don't talk you don't talk 
You don't say nothing, I ain't gonna say nothing. I just want you to know I'm here. That's, that's the crux of Psalms 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Not talking to me. With me. The presence is important. So that's, that's what that is. So uh, when you see people that aren't congruent, Mm-hmm. and they're, they are pursuing a, a Delilah's lap. Does that person, most of the time when you've spent time with them, do they have an identity crisis and they don't know who they are because they have to be so many people in so many different places? I don't think, it, I th- I don't, for, for the majority of the people, my own experience, I don't, think it's, I don't think it's identity crisis. I think they've never been permission, they've never been given permission to be themselves. We are always telling people who to be, how to be, where to be, instead of just accepting them for where they are and then let's just start from there. Jesus' recruitment process was wild. (laughs) Are you ready for Jesus' recruitment process? You, follow me. I know nothing about this dude in this hat (laughs) with that shirt on. You, let's ride. Not, where's your mom from? Where's your dad from? What denomination did you grow up in? Have you been to seminary? Have you been through growth track? Did you finish all four weeks? Yeah, okay, great. Have you been to camp? Who discipled you? It's a lot to know up front. Jesus was just like you, follow me. Levi, also called Matthew, is in a tax collector's booth. This nigga was at work. <laughs> Jesus showed up to people's jobs. <laughs> Imagine this dude coming to your cubicle. Coming to the ninth floor, weaving his way through a maze of cubicles. You, let's go. And you're like, um, I will now disconnect this call. <laughs> Who's here? Yeshua just said, <laughs> follow me. You taking your lunch break? I'm leaving. (laughs) Peter was married. Remember, his mother-in-law was healed. So this dude is married. What did he tell his wife? The recruitment process wasn't like, I need to know all this stuff about you. Then we go. It was, let's leave now, and you'll know me as we journey. And at any time, you can stop. It's the greatest deal of all time. It's a beautiful thing about Christianity. It's a beautiful thing about being a follower of Jesus. At any time you don't want to do this, you can stop. And I always tell people, but if you stop, stop saying you're a believer. Because you confuse all the people that are still carrying their cross. And that leads to more duplicity and incongruence because it's like, how they hoeing and still go to church? And I'm crying myself to sleep. Maybe I don't need to. Maybe I can hoe a little bit. No, you can't. But somebody got to be able to, if you following Yeshua, somebody got to be able to tell you. And you can only do that in proximity. That's why people shouting from you from afar, you ain't going to even hear them. That's it. 
Like that, like that. That my my whole, I am on a some. I don't know if this is a mission or crusade or just whatever. My my life is going to be spent for the rest of my life, as far as I know, helping believers in Jesus Christ be congruent. I want people to get back to Genesis two. The last verse, and they were naked and not ashamed. Now I don't mean butt naked. Emotionally. I want anybody in here to feel comfortable in this room, standing up, saying whatever you got to say, and not here. <gasps> right? I want you to be able to be as vulnerable as you feel like you need to be, and not somebody like, mm. I, I'll never forget. Um, I preached this message at the Potter's house in front of 25,000 people. It was legitimately 25,000 people. It was called Revived, Bound, Loosed. And it was the first time, well, it was the, I had never shared my testimony of being sexually abused and addicted to porn in front of that many people at one time. And I had a guy afterwards make a beeline to me and say, um, why would you tell everybody that? I would never tell everybody what you just told them. Like, why would you put yourself out there like that? I said, well, I think we see it two different ways. You think I just embarrassed myself. I think if I'm being optimistic, obviously you know 25,000 people ain't gonna pray for you. But idealistically, if I'm being optimistic, I just got 25,000 new prayer partners. Lord God, please keep Tim. You know he got a porn addiction. Please let him leave his penis alone on the days when he feels weak and on the days that he feels vulnerable. I pray that he would read the Bible and I pray that he would play his video games instead. Let him pick up a controller, Lord. Instead of picking himself up, Lord, let him pick up his controller. Huh? Let him play with the video game. Not with himself. In Jesus' name. I'd rather have that. I'd rather pick up 10,000 new prayer partners that know me than to try to get up here and act like he has conquered it all, not me. <laughs> Child, please, as long as I'm in this flesh, as long as you're in this flesh, you're going to have something you're going to have to wrestle with. And you're going to need to be seen and known and loved by somebody. But there's a risk factor involved with that. It's risky to be you. It's risky to show people you. Anybody dared to show somebody you and got rejected? You know what that leads to, right? It leads to you being less likely to do it again. So in order to be really seen, heard, known, and still loved, you have to be brave enough 
to let yourself be seen again after you've been seen and rejected. Okay, where's my, okay, I need my phone. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 12. Oh, my wife is so cute. Oh, you're so cute. She just, uh, she sent me a text. Uh, you're going to be amazing today. It's normal for you to be amazing. She's so sweet. I will. Um, so 2 Corinthians 12. I'm going to tell you where, if you want, obviously I like to give people addresses for stuff. I'm going to give it to you from the top so you can really understand Paul's mood and sentiment here because it's, it's, it's pretty stellar. Uh, this boasting, so this is uh, 2 Corinthians 12, starting at the first verse. This boasting would do no good. But I must go on. I will reluctantly tell you about visions and revelations from the Lord. I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was in the body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words. Things no human is allowed to tell. Now, if Paul would have stopped right there, we would have known, okay, he was built different. And God spoke to him differently than he spoke to any of the other apostles. Verse 5, that experience is worth boasting about, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I will boast only about my weaknesses. Let me just, let, let's marinate right there real quick. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I could and I wouldn't be lying. I could, I've, been, I've been doing this 28 years. I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere. I've done a lot of ministry. I've, I've seen, done it all. Ain't no platform, stage. Platform. I, did, I did it all. If I wanted to boast, I could. He goes, I'm not going to do it. I will boast only about my weaknesses. If I wanted to boast, I would be no fool in doing so because I would be telling the truth. <clears throat> that right there lets you know, like, if I wanted to pop off, fam, I could. But I won't do it because I don't want anyone to give me credit beyond what they see in my life or hear in my message, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God. So to keep me from becoming proud. Now, remember, he don't want to do it on his own. And still needed assistance. <laughs> so to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Anybody else reading this with me? Either in their paper Bible or, okay, you got it? Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, are the next words in red? My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Let's just pause right there. Jesus responds himself. Not an angel. Gabriel didn't come. Michael didn't come. That's the only two angels we know. <laughs> Jesus responds himself. Let's just pause before we go any further. Go to Matthew 4. I want to stitch this real quick so y'all know 
why I believe Jesus himself responds. Uh, not, not, not Matthew 4. Forgive me. Not Matthew 4. Uh, give me one second. It's going to be Matthew. Ooh, so many verses, man. No, let me go back. Yep, here it is. So uh, Matthew 26. Matthew 26, starting at the 36th verse. Then Jesus went with them to the Olive Grove called Gethsemane and said, and he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distress. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face to the ground saying, my father, exclamation mark. So I had to raise my voice. If it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Drop down to verse 42. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. That's two. Drop down to verse 44. So he went to pray a third time saying the same things. Now, go back to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12. Just wanted y'all to see that for posterity so that you know you really know why he responded to Paul. Verse number eight again. Three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. Why did Jesus respond to this man himself? Because he's the only one that could relate to praying three times for something so intense to be taken away and not getting the answer he wanted. Some of y'all prayer requests ain't going to get answered. I know that sucks to hear. <laughs> Just so you know, your prayers are not magical incantations. That if you use the right... <laughs> the right amount of scriptures and dash the right verses and say it with enough inflection. Some of the stuff you praying for, it ain't going to ever come to pass. And you, you ain't going to know it for like four more years. Because <laughs> you still praying like you, you believe in God right now. You got, you got it on the wall and you got your whole little prayer group praying with you. And guess what? About four years from now, you're going to realize, well, damn. I'm going to still have to follow you. And you ain't going to even, I just, dang, everybody else got it. How come I didn't get it? And he ain't going to even answer you about it. My grace is sufficient. No, I want a baby, sir. Grace is sufficient. I want to be married. Grace is sufficient. I don't want to live in this city no more. Grace is sufficient. No. Ask, seek, and knock. He's like, that verse is valid. Just not for this. My grace is sufficient. No, the devil is a lie. I'm going to go to a new church. I'm going to go to that prophetic conference and wear all yellow. I'm sit on the front row and 
see if somebody gives me a word. <laughs> Grace is sufficient. I'm telling you what I know. Three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is sufficient. My power works best in weakness. Strong implication. Hey, Paul, I know exactly what it's like to pray three times for something to happen and it not come to pass. I'm not telling you to do something I haven't done. Here's Paul's response. So now I'm glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Anybody ever taken their strength finders? Anybody done that little test? I wish we had a weak finders. Everybody knows their strength, nobody knows their weakness. And that's why you keep falling. I don't understand why I keep just trying my best, but just fell again and I don't know. You know where you're strong, but you deny where you're weak. Tim, there actually is a test. It's a, the saboteur test. And uh, we'll, that's right. We'll, we'll find the link and put it in. It, it's powerful. It literally will tell you if out of 100% where you are as a people pleaser. That's correct. As a dictator. That's it's, right. It, it's cool. So we'll find, we'll find the right link and we'll put it in. Spoken like a man that has been through therapy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we did take that test. I think mine was, I would have to pull it up. I took it. I'm glad you said that. Um, but I do, I want, I want people to be aware of where they're weak. Like you gotta know what you can't do. Right, like you gotta know where you can and cannot be. Let, Last night, we checked into a dope hotel, and the vibe was just stellar. Like, it's, it's good vibes. And this is a, this is a, this is a, what, what day is this? Today is Monday. Today's Monday. Yeah. This is a Sunday night, and people was dressed like it was Saturday night. It was popping. It was popping. It was very swinger energy. It was. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. Not even playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it was given. It was given strong swinger vibes, to the point that the mini bar had male massagers, female vibrators, condoms, lube. It was almost like this got to be a part of your stay, because why would you come here? And so once you feel that thing in the atmosphere and then you see what you see, we went and ate together. <laughs> then we got on the elevator together, went to our rooms together and vowed not to come out until the morning. Because there's no sense in playing yourself like, let me go back down there. All I want is a drink. It's 11 p.m. and there's miniskirts on a Sunday night. And I'm attractive. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about they're attractive. I know I am. Huh? And Juliet's not here. Before I gave my life to Jesus, I had whole like tendencies. I know that. <laughs> know thyself. It's not a Bible verse, but you better know yourself. 
right? So since I know I got home-like tendencies, I'm not going to be out in the atmosphere acting like I don't know what the hell's going on around here <laughs> and feeling that energy. You can feel, you ever walk into a room and you just like, mm, mm, mm. I can't tell you how many clubs I was at where a shooting broke out, but I had left an hour early because I could feel it. <laughs> like I just, I think the spirit of violence has just shown up. <laughs> what? Yeah, I think the atmosphere shifted. We should leave. I wasn't even a believer and I could catch that energy. So since I know me, this is not about, un thank you, Holy Spirit. Here's what I, here's what I would tell um, those that I mentored and disciple. Um, you don't have to worry about the person that's attracted to you. You need to worry about the person you're attracted to. If you don't know that, you are in trouble. Because everybody in here has an attraction to a certain type of person. But you're not attracted to everybody. So you don't have to worry about the person that's attracted to you. You can mark that person like, oh, okay. But if you ain't feeling them back, there's no threat. But if you're attracted, you need to know what to do with that. There needs to be a move around spirit. <laughs> I'm Pentecostal, we turned everything into a spirit. There was a walking spirit and a red lipstick demon and a high heel demon and a, it was weird. So, but again, I boast in my weaknesses. I'd rather tell you that for accountability than be sitting here like, ha, 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 I have it all together. Uh, yeah, I'm strong everywhere. There's nothing I can't do. Those are the people that wind up on the news. <laughs> Those are people that wind up in a scandal. Talking about nothing's wrong. I, I do everything right. Then it's like, pastor of <laughs> Mount Olive, missionary church of God in Christ to the second power, slept with the soprano section and two tenors. There, there's the whole section. The whole section. There's, there's actually a Mount God Olive Church in, in Brooklyn. God is in control. God is in control. So what, what Paul is saying is, I, I took my name off the prayer request list. Hey, take my name down. Oh, was there a breakthrough in that area, Paul? Is your thorn gone? No. But you ain't got to pray about it no more. I'm going to live with it. I'm going to live with it. The, you're talking about discipleship 101? Stuff you can't change, you just got to live with. I'm just going to live with this. It's a, it's a flaw in my character. If, you, if you're like me, if, you go, if you've been through sexual abuse, you're sexualized at an early age, the only thing, you think sex first. So those thoughts come, you got to bang, pop, 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 start sniping them. Right? And then you got to know where you can't go. I, I, I've said this on the pod before. I can't, I have been asked more than 30 times to preach in Brazil. I declined. <laughs> I made myself unavailable. 
married. I love Julia. This, this ain't no, this ain't no like, I'm so out of control that if I'm, at, no, this ain't, that's not what we're talking about. We talking about knowing you. Unless I go to Brazil handcuffed to Juliet, I'm not going to Brazil. Because it's the moment somebody looks like Juliet, but got a Portuguese accent with a bunda. <laughs> Talking about some poppy. I'm dead. I don't even want to know what that experience is like. My imagination tells me it wouldn't be fun. But you're supposed to preach the gospel to all nations. Nigga, I'm going to rent that out. <laughs> I'm calling somebody that ain't got my struggle. <laughs> I'm calling Teddy. Teddy, go. Why are you calling Teddy? Because Teddy was delivered from homosexuality. He ain't thinking about <laughs> what I'm thinking about. So maybe he can go. Teddy gave his life to Jesus. And obviously, I'm making up the name Teddy. Don't be Googling. <laughs> Who's Teddy? <laughs> I'm making up a name, but I got friends. I got, I, I got friends. I will say Teddy was delivered from homosexuality, is unmarried, will never be married because he's not going to be attracted to a woman. He gave his life to Jesus. He's a great preacher, and he's celibate, and he can go. I can't. That's just a book. Like, we, this is how we, we navigate in real life. We're not talking about no cookie-cutter, 40-minute sermon, your whole life is going to be great, and then Monday through Saturday is not the reality of that. And you show back up the next week like, what the hell did you just <laughs> preach this seven-week series for? <laughs> this hypothetical situation that none of us are in past the fourth row. So, so again, congruence is this ability to say, I'm an integrated person. I want to be an integrated person. I'm a believer in Jesus. I got struggles. I have some victories, I've had some L's, I wanna be in community where I'm seen, heard, known. Honk that. <laughs> I told you I hear everything. Uh, seen, heard, known, loved. Even though I might not be agreed with. That's what this is. Shall we do some Q&A time? We shall! All right, y'all, so how's, how it's going to roll is Trayvon's going to run to you. You'll just raise your hand so y'all can stay seated, and Trey will come to you. And then we'll, we'll even run it like the way we do it on regular Mondays. Keep it between 60 like seconds. 60, 60 seconds. I need 60 seconds from you. If, and, and so just edit it in your head, okay? It's not like we're not going to sit here and clock you, but just be self-aware enough to know that, like, you should know when your question is turning into a story. I don't want you to trip. And if I just start, if my eyes start, <laughs> and then you're like, and then when I was 11, and then when I was 15, if you just see me start like, hey, I'm gonna need you to stop. So don't have me call you out, is all I'm saying. Just 60, no pictures? Yeah, 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 no pitching. That's good, that's good, AJ, I appreciate you. Yeah. Um, Give us your name. I'm Shana. Hi, Shana. I, I had every intention on not asking a question today, but um, here I am. Um, so I feel like I have a stronghold in the opposite sense where a lot of people, I'm 48 years old, I have three kids, I'm a grandmother of two, like I've lived a lot of life, I have a lot of 
and a lot of healing that I've done. I've been in trauma therapy for years and pretend not to say I am, but pretty successful nurse and I've done a lot by the grace of God. Um, I've also entered into my eighth year of being single, settled it by choice, and I I, I know who I am. I, I have confidence. I'm not, I don't think you can see it, but I, You're good. I appreciate you, Shana. So um, the self-awareness is beautiful. I love it. It's a, you're, you're, I love the balance in what you're saying. You should just go on a date and let it be hella awkward. Like you should accept a date and just let it be full of nervous energy and, <laughs> and like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you should let all of that just be, you should just let it all live. And if that dude is like turned off by that, bye, right? Or he might be intrigued by that. He might be actually curious to be like, why are you so damn awkward? You know what I mean? And you're like, <laughs> I haven't had peen in eight years, right? Like, oh my God, you're hot. I have to go home now. <laughs> I want dessert, but I want it to be you, and so I have to leave. Can I have a kiss? No. <laughs> Not today, right? I, I, like... You being honest about that and being honest with him about that would just be like really refreshing to just put it all out there as opposed to like leaving it to yourself. Like what you just told us, you should tell him. You're right, right. You trust basement, right? But, but again, all the opportunity to be loved is an opportunity to be rejected. And if you don't embrace that, you, you don't even put yourself in a position to be loved. You, you, you cannot risk being loved guarded. Like, this is not going to happen, right? Like, you, you, you can't layer up and then be like, here I am, world. You got to actually, like, strip down and be vulnerable. And you, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You have to risk being misunderstood. It's one of the biggest aha moments for me in this season of my life is I understand what it is to be misunderstood. Like, I just have to live with it. When I was just a preacher, I, 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 I'm going to say this in this weird way, because, but that's the best attempt I could try to give at it. I was paid not to be misunderstood. Like sermon prep and you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to be the smartest person on this passage of Scripture on this day, and I'm going to make sure if I'm in this kind of church, I'm going to give you three points. 
And if I'm this kind of church, I'm going to give you the story. And at the end, we're going to all understand it together. and We're going to all say amen. Now I live in a space where this whole pod might get turned into seven 90-second clips. And depending on that clip, I could be grossly misunderstood and misinterpreted for what I'm trying to say because I'm not going to even go back for context because now the clip is the whole message, right? And I got to live with that. And so you can go on a date and walk away and be thinking to myself, I might have said too much. I overshared. And then you just be like, mm, let me go to bed. I was me. Th that's how I go to sleep at night now. Yeah, you know what I mean? I was me. Like, I did not give this person something. Like, I don't want to go home from even being with y'all today and being like, damn it. I was trying to impress them. You know what I mean? Or I wasn't authentically me. I, I stopped short. I, I misread a face. I mean, you looking at this many faces, you like, you sleepy? Like, you, you know what I mean? All this stuff be running through your mind like, are, are you friend or foe? Like, like are you... Your eye squinting is like, no, I just got a lazy eye, bro. It's a condition. I use eye drops. Why are you? So, so there's just too much to try to. So you, at the end of the day, you got to just risk that. I'm just going to be me. And if I'm accept, don't hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey. If, if, if going to bed at nine is keeping you from fornicating. Go to bed at eight fifty eight. There, there's a mic right there. Oh, that one's not even. That's not in the. That's not in the chat. Yeah, the, we got to make sure that it was going to the stream, and sadly, this one wasn't loud enough. Not, not a problem. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so just say, make that comment in, in that mic. I forgot now. <laughs> um, you said something about uh, once you've been married and, you, you know, had sex before and all these things that it's hard to come back from because you remember that feeling. And because I come from a lot of abuse, I, I'm like a professional compartmentalizer, I always say that. And I'm almost like I, 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 one of the most amazing compartmentalizers I've ever met in my life because now I feel like I've put that sex pot- Away. Oh, so far away that yeah. I don't even know if I can find it anymore. And I was a very sexual person when yeah. I was yeah. five million years ago. Yeah. But I don't even like remember it because that's how good I am at protecting myself and yeah. staying obedient. Understood. Um, you know, I've had my different seasons, but that's where I'm at right now. Where that's I'm, beautiful. It's beautiful till you're like, shoot, how do I meet somebody now? Okay. You're like, I'm so, ready now, and now I feel like a literal hermit. Okay, so, so uh, this is great. So um, I, I love that because obviously there are two sides, three sides, five, five sides to everything that we could all talk about, right? So I'm glad you bring up that nu nuance and that texture to your specific situation. If it's been compartmentalized and that pot's like at the back of the cabinet, right? You, you don't had like, you got a whole set of china and like <laughs> some Stanley cups and all kinds of, lots of clothes. Like that pot is in the back, right? Um, 
if you find the right person and you are your authentic self and you are seen, heard, known, loved, right? And um, that person is curious about you. You don't even have to go get that pot. He will find that pot. Yeah, uh, he that find he that he that findeth a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And like I found my wife's pot. She wasn't thinking about her pot. I was. And my wife had vowed when I met her that she was going to be single for the rest of her life. Like, I'm talking about like full convent energy. And I thought to myself, well, if she has this mindset, she's probably not sexual or has a drive that's going to match mine or whatever. The right man will find that pot. And so... um, I just think there's going to be some pot emojis in the live chat. (laughs) But you have to, uh, so don't give him you. And all of that will come back in the, the natural progression of the relationship. I don't think it's something that you got to go rummage through and be like, I have a pot. I promise you, it's nice in here. <laughs> so I hope that helps. Yeah, for sure. Uh, hi, everyone. My name is Imani. Hi, Imani. Uh, Imani from Inglewood. Inglewood. Just moved to NY last year. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, get it. And actually, my question uh, is more in relation to friendship. Yep. And kind of that whole move of, I mean, I grew up in L.A., went to college in California, And it's like God just called me out of that. And I think for me, I'm a very relational person. I love friendship. Um, And I think for me, a lot of my first heartbreaks were friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's how deep it is to me. And so I think for me now, I always would be sad when people would be like, I've had this friend for 15 years, 10 years. Mm. And I think I hit a point in L.A. where I was like, these are about to be my friends for life. And God was like, now you got to bounce. And I think for me, a lot of sadness has come living here and thinking, we live in a digital age. I could FaceTime them. I could call them. They could right. call me. Right. And just the sadness of God just kind of snapping that. Yeah. And not, not for any malice or falling out, but just distance. And I think now I'm like, dang, God, am I ever going to have these long these long friendships that um, are life-giving. And I think, I guess, uh, you you had kind of spoke to moving to Dallas, and I'm just curious how you went about building those friendships. I think now I do have a few friends I've made here. Love them. They love you. They couldn't be here. But um, I think I just am curious how you go about grieving the loss of friendship. Um Man, I don't want to cry, but I think I think how do you go about? Hey, you should. How do you go about? um, Hold on, let's stay right there real quick. Because we say the 
a lot of times we say the word grieve and we actually don't do it. Mm -hmm. So I actually want you to feel this right now. Yeah. And I'm not a crier too. I'm like, oh hey, God. hey, hey. But here's the thing. <laughs> those tears are proving how special those relationships were. And mm -hmm. when we hold those tears, we actually disrespect who they belong to. Mm. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, so I guess that's kind of my question of how do you hold the tension of both? You've been talking about that a lot. Um, and I think more so in the friendship context, we don't really talk about that a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and my roommate now, I love her. She's the best friend I've ever had. But I think there's still this loss. And knowing that it's not coming back. Um, and really just trying to trust God of like, my whole family, my friends are all in LA and trusting him to rebuild it. Um, so if you could just speak to maybe that pain, but also the joy of obedience and being in a place that you know God has called you to be, but also feeling like all you got is God and this one person. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm gonna stop there. I'm gonna go cry and <laughs> give those give those tears to whoever they belong to. But yeah. yeah, just curious about that, you know, that dichotomy and that line of, man, I lost all of this and this is where I was raised and I'm in this new place with nobody. Yeah, absolutely. And why did you call me here? For sure. And, and am I ever gonna have those life-giving friendships um, cause yeah, I want to get married, but I want friendship and just curious if anyone else is a transplant in New York, come see me later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm so proud of you. So proud of you, Imani. So, um, I can identify with you. It's almost uncanny how much I can identify with you. I was uh, essentially reliving uh, my first um, 36 months in Texas as you were talking. So um, I was supposed to go to Dallas on a trip one month. I had never been out of technically California. We went to Vegas, that don't count, you know what I mean? Vegas is basically California by a different name. You know what I mean? So uh, I was supposed to go to Texas for a month and to the Ross family reunion because our family originates from East Texas. And then um, Bishop Jakes had a singles conference and I was single. So I was like, I'm going to this, right? And two days before I left, the Holy Spirit told me to buy a one-way ticket to Dallas. Two days before I left. So I'm already going. And two days before I leave, he tells me, buy a one-way ticket to Dallas. And I just burst into tears as soon as I heard it. And um, I went to my parents, and they, they said, we were just babysitting you. You belong to God, and if that's where you're supposed to go, you need to go. So I did. And I got to Texas, and I hated it. I cannot tell you how much I hated it. A lot of people think that when you obey a word from the Lord, 
is supposed to be like, happy, happy, joy, joy. <laughs> what? That is not why you obey. You obey because he's your Lord. Not because everything he says, you're like, this is the greatest idea ever. Yeah. Would love to uproot my life and go to a different coast and never see my family except for holidays. That would be amazing. Hell no. I was pissed. So I got to Texas and um, everything bothered me. The heat bothered me. I moved there in the summer. Um, I had never been bitten by a mosquito, California. And so I thought I was like swatting gnats. We, we got gnats in Cali. And I woke up the next morning and my legs looked like braille. I had never been bitten by that many mosquitoes. It, it was, I was pissed. Um, it was 99 degrees in the shade. I was pissed. Um, the church was big. I was pissed. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm going slow because everything pissed me off. Like, you know, and so, um, again, I'm a Bible guy and I really focused in on Genesis 12, 1, 2, and 3. Get thee out of thy country and thy father's house to a place that I will show you. God doesn't talk to you about what's next until you leave what's now. And you are leaving before you are going. And part of leaving is grieving. What I always say on the pod is that what you do not properly grieve, you will not properly leave. That's why the children of Israel was in the wilderness still having the taste of leeks and onions in their mouth from Egypt. Because they were out of Egypt, but Egypt was not out of them. So my first four years in Texas was me leaving and grieving and dying to my Cali-ness. God took me from Cali to Texas. I know this now. I didn't know it real time. He took me from Cali to Texas because I needed a different culture and a different pace for the life he wanted me to live. I wouldn't have picked that for myself. I'm West Side for life. But if I didn't move, there was such a familiarity that I had in Cali that if I didn't move, I don't even think I would have given him permission to change my mind in the way he did. So I needed to be in an environment that I had to relearn. And in the relearning of the environment, I was relearning myself in that environment. I've been in Texas for 27 years. My longest friendship in Texas is 27 years. God brought me people in that first year that I'm still friends with now. Um, I'm still friends with all my niggas from LA, all of them. Unfortunately, I only go back for like weddings, funerals, stuff like that, the passing of other loved ones. But God was building new friendships. And these were not new friendships I would have permitted had I stayed in California. Because I'm one of them like, I don't need no new friends. I'm good with who I got. But moving to a different place forces you, right? And so it doesn't mean the severance of the friendships you have back, but that familiarity and that rhythm slowly dies as your new life builds. But them tears are so important 
to you moving forward and where you are now. And um, I would just, I would just ask you to give yourself permission to sit with that, with those feelings, to sit with the feelings of I miss going to brunch with this person, I miss every Tuesday we hung out like this, I miss being able to pick up the phone and saying what you doing, and I can be there in ten minutes, vice versa, you know. All that rhythm gets disrupted, and especially if they were good friends, because nobody miss no trifling people. You know what I'm saying? Like when you had good friends, it's like, dang, I'm six hours away from you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Six hours away, and even the disruption of time is three hours earlier over there, and it's I want to call, but you at work, and <laughs> you know what I mean? So just grieve it. And there was way more tears than you shed there. So let those out. Your body needs to let those out. So I hope that helps. May I encourage her real quick? Please. Uh, Miss Inglewood, could you please tell me your name again? Imani. Imani. Um, I went through something, or currently going through that right now, and it's heartbreaking. And I just want you to know from someone who is in a similar position is you deserve great friends, and God does have them on the way for you. Yeah. How you doing, Uncle? Stephen with a Y. <laughs> or Stephen with a Y. Stephen with a Y. Stephen with a Y. My man. Uh, I want to encourage you for your, for your obedience has caused a lot of freedom mm. in a lot of people. Thank you, man. Earlier, you were talking about how you were getting stretched and your peace within being getting stretched is so present and it's good. With that being said, how do you accept that peace? Mm. That way you don't challenge it because God gives you peace. Mm -hmm. And when he gives you peace, our flesh tends to challenge it. And when we challenge it, we will dismiss it and start walking towards a path that we're not supposed to walk in. That's good. Absolutely. So um, I find the place I go to accept that peace is therapy. My daddy is in a season of his life that is very taxing on my family right now. Um, and I'm at peace because I have a place to process it. Um, and I choose a therapist because they're able to point out blind spots that even Juliet can't see and my best friend Corey can't see and my twin brother Preston can't see and I, I need somebody that knows what they're doing you know what I mean in the same way I don't give myself a haircut because if I try to fade myself it's gonna be a mess um I don't trust myself to come to the right conclusions with my emotions when stress is high. So I've upped my therapy sessions specifically with my EMDR therapist to once a week. It's usually once a month. But because of what my dad's going through and 
this book tour is about to pop off and all this different stuff, I need to make sure I'm okay. Holding the tension of all of that. So I go to therapy for that. I go to prayer, then I go to therapy, right? And so um, my therapist made it very, very clear, bro, you are dealing with like one of the top five stressors that any human being could deal with at one time. And if you were just dealing with one of these right now, it would be enough to last you the year. You're dealing with three. Three of the top five stressors. So once, once I realize this is all I'm dealing with, and then I understand how my body's responding to that, like what am I doing, okay? Right now I'm comfort eating. I've always been a thin guy, um, but when I'm stressed, I'll eat food that I don't eat normally, right? I'm like a whole 30 guy and I'm eating salads with just olive oil and salt. You know, I'm boring, right? Um, you know what I had two nights ago at two o'clock in the morning? Jack in the box. I did. It was two o'clock in the morning. It was two o'clock in the morning. I ordered a, a grilled sourdough breakfast sandwich and two hash browns. And the Uber driver asked Shanique, <laughs> dropped off this food at 2.08 in the morning. And I looked at Juliet and I said, don't you judge me. <laughs> she said, I'm not judging you. I'm eating crackers, right? <laughs> I would never, my, my, I, I, I do intermittent fasting. My, I only eat usually between uh, 2 p.m. and 8. I got like a six hour window that I eat food. Child, please. I'm up nine pounds. I don't really feel that great in my body because I'm like, why am I eating sourdough breakfast jacks at two o'clock in the morning? Because I'm sad. My freaking. Dad is my hero, so I'm sad. So I'm eating dumb stuff and not feeling the best. And then I go to my therapist and they're like, yeah, well, you're stressing and as long as you're aware of that and can stop, then this won't progress into this, this, and this. But here's what I recommend you do and here's some modalities we can go through today that can help bring that stress down. Let's do that. And we've done that and it's been great. So um, I, just, I just believe in having a lot of help. That the, the peace of God can come in your quiet time and your prayer time. I'm a verbal processor, so I have to talk. Um, talking is how I actually find my peace. Um, Psalms 94, 17 says, unless the, King James, unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have dwelt in silence. Because I was sexually abused at eight and kept it a secret for 11 years, didn't tell my parents till I was 19, I can't keep a secret. If I'm not talking, I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> you ever ask me what I'm doing and I say nothing? <laughs> that means I'm doing everything. <laughs> but if you... If you ask me a question, I'm going to give you the answer. And I'd rather you walk away saying, that was too much information. But I know me. If I'm not talking, I'm doing. 
So talking is important for me to come to my conclusion. A lot of people are internal processors. I'm a verbal processor. So my peace comes from me telling the truth about the situation that I'm in. I don't put Jesus glitter on it. The situation I'm in with my daddy right now, it sucks. I hate it. And God's given me the grace, my mom the grace, our family the grace to walk through it. And it's with that grace and that peace that we do what we do. So I hope that helps. Dropping gems. Big round of applause for Tim, please. Come on. Let me tell you something. Anybody speak Spanish in here? Se habla español? Dímelo, dímelo, dímelo. Let me tell you something. AJ Ramos is the Hispanic DJ Kelly. Come on, man. I got you, a better you beard, just, though. Your, your energy and your... I love you, bro. I love, I love you, you, my brother. I can't wait and, to um, hug you after this is over. Absolutely. Just yeah. want to give you more flowers. I feel, man, um, for, for a lot of men out there and a lot of women, a lot of people, you've been a big brother and uncle. You've been a father that some men didn't have. And we thank you for all the conversations that you have. You've been pivotal in my shift, in my change in my life. And even the way you lead, you lead mm -hmm. the people that you work with, you lead in your household. So thank you, man. Thank you for inspiring. And just know that you got a community here that's going to continue to pray for you. Thank you. This is just a warm up. We see Madison Square Garden, the basement live up in there. You see what I'm saying? I mean, but that um, makes me nervous. <laughs> nah, don't be nervous. Um, but yeah, let me get to the question. I don't want to pass the minute. Yeah. Um, so I remember in a, at VUCON, you had a conversation with Rich Wilkerson, and something really stuck to me that I believe can help everyone here. Um, when you convert a moment, it becomes a memory, but then you shift it to a monument, you start idolizing that moment. Correct. And then you keep seeking things to match that moment. That's right. Now, you're a multi-hyphenate uh, man of God, man of the family, an entrepreneur, how do you keep yourself humble and sane? We're in New York, big city, big dreams. You make it here, you make it anywhere. We're all trying to make it. We're all products of immigrants. But how do you not get ahead of Jesus or make sure that you're not comparing from another moment to where you are now? So I'm really big on this. Um, it's the reason why I've been content in every season of my life. For some reason that only God knows, after 28 years of living for him, he has given me more influence in the last two years than I've had in my entire life. Most people's influence is starting to peak, plateau, and kind of hit that descent. And for some reason, we're here. Now, because I keep very good receipts, um, I want to show you, I asked the Lord on my, um, no, scratch that, because I, I didn't ask. Um, the Holy Spirit said, I'm giving you a gift. This is going to sound strange to some people. Let me find this influence thing. It would have been 21, 21, I think it was. Yes. So on... My 25th spiritual birthday, which would have been January 14th of 2021, the Holy Spirit said, 
I'm giving you this present from God. I wrote it down. January 14, 2021 at 11.46 p.m. More influence. Influence with leaders and their leaders. Leaders will trust me with, leaders will trust me and will trust me with their leaders. More influence. That's wrote it in bold. That was 2021. I'm like, thank you. Like, what do you do with like the Holy Spirit? Like, I'm giving you a gift. What is it? Influence. Thanks. What that look like? I don't know what that looks like. And then now here we are. Um, I have been content in every single season of my life because, and I'm going to go slow on this breakdown that you just mentioned. I do not turn moments into monuments. I celebrate it like I'm loving what I'm having with y'all right now. What I would not do is turn it into a monument. If I turn it into a monument, I memorialize it. The moment I memorialize it, it becomes an idol. Let me tell you what that does. That means, when's our next live? I think it's going to be next week. Where? I'll pull it up. You don't have to. It's in another city. <laughs> We're going to be in another city next week. What I, if I turn this moment into a monument, memorialize it, idolize it, I go into next week like, y'all ain't going to be in New York. If everybody don't, let's just say, let's just say, let's just say it snows and the room ain't full and it's 37 people <laughs> instead of 100. Then it's like, vibe is off. No, I have to go into next week going, God, thank you for this moment. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I, sh I will rejoice and be glad in it. Like that's the energy I got to bring to every moment. If you turn a moment into a monument, a monument that gets memorialized into an idol, you, you, you wind up comparing it and then you can't beat your own high score. So you can't even enjoy the damn game because you're concentrating on, I got to beat 244,800 on Pac-Man. And them ghosts come and I'm dating myself. There's only a certain group of people in here that know what's going on right now. You done ate all them Energizer pellets, <laughs> ate them ghosts up. They still coming. They went to go recharge. They came back. But you can't even enjoy the game because you're looking at 244,800. And you die at 237. Damn it! Now I got to start over. That's no way to live. Okay. Let me give it. Let, let's get this in context that way. Because uh, a lot of people use this passage of scripture and they don't have it in context. So there's a very famous passage of scripture, Philippians 4.13, okay? And people be quoting this verse like it's magic dust. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, right? No, you can't. It's not, the Bible says it. I believe it. 
I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You can't fly home. So if you don't have the verse in context, it, it's not even effective for you. If you think this is a verse, I, I, got, in, I got in a little bit of trouble uh, uh, a couple of years ago because I, I, I referenced this verse and I said, um, I've seen boxers go into the ring with Philippians 4.13 on their trunks and get mollywopped. <laughs> like I saw this one guy, Philippians 4.13 was on his truck. Homie got clipped in his jaw. He fell with his leg up. You know when your leg buckle and you... <laughs> and they overhead cammed him and zoomed in on the verse. And people was mad at me. Whether he wins or loses, he can do all things through Christ. That's not what he thought that verse meant when he went in. <laughs> this nigga literally thought it meant he was going to win this fight. I've seen people write scriptures on their on they shoes before they play an NFL game, the Super Bowl and the whole nine. And I'm thinking to myself, there's a dude on the other side of the field got the scriptures on his. You think God cares about this game? He don't. He cares about you. So, let's read, shall we, the three verses before 13. Because maybe, nine, maybe 10 and 11 and 12 give you some context to 13. Maybe if we read the verse in, maybe if we read the text in context, we can actually have an understanding. Shall we do it together? <laughs> How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. So let me get to New York, big city of dreams. We out here grinding, we trying to make it. And y'all in the same field, and you look over to your left and right, and it seems like they made two moves and blew up, and you on your 33rd and can't pull up. Damn, God, I thought you was with me. Why he getting it? Why you care? I'm going to tell you why you care. You're not content. Mike Todd is my mentee. He's done more in ministry and received more influence in the, seven, in the nine years he's been a lead pastor than I did in 27 years of ministry combined. And you know what I say to that? Amen. 
Crazy Faith, New York Times bestseller. Damaged but not destroyed. New York Times bestseller. Bella wrote a book. My niece wrote a book. She was on Good Morning America. I'm content with that. I'm not like, dang God. What about me? What about you? You're doing what I called you to do. And you are on schedule for what I've called you to do. And he is on schedule for what I called him to do. Now you either going to celebrate it or spend too much time contemplating it. Are you content or not? So this comes down to being content. Now, I got goals, I got drive, I got aspirations. Absolutely, write them down and submit them. Proverbs 16, 9. I'm gonna give you this, I'm a cook today. That's what happens when you get me in person. 16.9, Proverbs. We make our own plans, but the Lord determines our steps. You can have all the plans. By, by 25, I already got a, I got a 10-year vision. I read that, that Asian, there's some certain Asian communities and cultures, they got a 100-year plan. I'm on that. Man, please, I can't see past July. I know what I'm doing through July. <laughs> I have no clue what this whole year is. I don't know what he's doing. And and we we for some reason we believe that. Ooh, okay, Holy Spirit, hold on. Yeah, okay, okay. Getting a vision for your life. I want you to think about that. I want you to think about how much Bible you've actually read and how much of that is real in your life. Because you do know Abraham didn't know what the hell was going on beyond what he heard. Get out of your country and your father's house to a place that I will show you. Okay. Where are we going? I don't know. Wake up one day. Take your son up to this mountain. Merk him. I waited a long time for him, but okay. Dad, where is the sacrifice? I don't know. The Lord himself, Jehovah, right? Do you know how much time, if you really operating by faith, that you don't know? I see all these believers that got a, I have a vision for my life, and I wrote it down, and it came to pass. Good for you. That's awesome. Maybe you and God got a special relationship. He don't talk to me like that. Don't ask me about the, all of 2024. I don't know. I just told you I know enough through July. I got enough money through March. <laughs> We're going to keep it a buck. I need this book to sell. <laughs> I need y'all to buy two copies of this book. <laughs> Woo. It, a faith walk is different. You're do, you're literally when you're walk, when you're living by faith, you are literally doing the last thing you think you heard him say. 
And you got to be content whether that brings you a million dollars or 10 grand or $10. But that contentment is what keeps you from constantly. What you doing? 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 Let me, let me go on the podcast charts and see where I rank next to. Dang, why he hit half a million subscribers and I'm stuck at 300 and something. It ain't got no, it's too tiring. Nobody got time for that. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I, I'm, I enjoy that joy when I'm content with where I am right now. Sometimes it's not comfortable. That's why it's called contentment. It didn't say enjoyment. Glossary of terms, definitions, these are two different words. Content does not mean enjoy. Enjoy does not mean content. You don't have to enjoy every season you're in. You can be content. Paul said, I'm content. I got married to Juliet. Our date night's on Friday. Money was so tight. with two Texas cheeseburgers from Wendy's. No fries. Cup of water because it's free. Date night was Wolf brand chili and rice in Tupperware bowls with half a, a row of saltine crackers mushed up with Louisiana hot sauce on it and, and boiling bag success rice. Because guess what? A full stomach don't know the difference between filet mignon and Wolf brand chili and rice with saltine crackers and Louisiana hot sauce on it. Contentment. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hold on, let's get you another one because I want y'all to have this one. If y'all walk out of here content, ooh, you, I promise you, you will, your life will be, ooh, you will be doing, you will be doing cartwheels. Yes, it's so good. Uh, so this is 1 Timothy chapter number 6. Nope, nope, not. Yeah, it is. Uh, uh, 1 Timothy 6, verse number 6. Yet, true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. In King, in King James it says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Can you be content? Telling you, it'll change your life when you are content. You can see other people, whatever, shining or, or, or somewhere you think you ought to be or somewhere you desire to be. Let's just keep it a buck. Sometimes we desire certain things and you don't get them and you're like, oh, dang it. Hmm. Okay. All right. I thought that would I thought I'd have been here by now. I thought I'd have been there by now. But you know what? I'm content. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. 
well with my soul. It is well, it is well with That's got to be true for you. That can't be something that's just a nice song, but you don't know how to live it out. You gotta be, you gotta be willing to be in a situation where it seems like oh, it's heartbreaking. I thought I'd have been. I thought I'd have had that. I thought I'd have been here. I thought the marriage was gonna work. I thought the job was gonna pop off. I thought this promotion was gonna mean this. It meant that. Somebody wanted to violate, somebody wanted me to violate my integrity and my character. I couldn't do it. So I actually took a, I did the right thing and took a L. God, I honored you and wound up losing 50K. <laughs> so much for living for you. And it's either well or it's not. And, and that's going to be tested. And you got to be honest enough to be like, this is where it is right now. It hurts a little bit. But I'm honoring God. And by honoring God, I, I'm going to walk through this because I'm content. I'm content in first class. I'm content in coach. 31F. I really don't want to be back there with that bathroom. I really don't. I really don't. I really don't. I want to be in rows one through four. But I can do 31. I live in a really nice house. I could lose it today. Today I could lose it. Not tomorrow. Today. But I know what Wolf Brand Chili and Rice tastes like, and it ain't above me. I'm content. So this season of my life, I love it. I would love, I told the Lord in my quiet time one day, if you let me do this for as long as I preach, ooh, I'll be in my 70s by that time. I'll be a happy camper. I don't know if nobody gonna listen to me at 70. It might be a very empty basement, but I'm <laughs> but I would love to do this for another 20-something years. He might want it for the next two. Then he might call me to do something else. That's what happens when you live with an open hand. When you live with an open hand, here's how people think they're supposed to hold on to God's blessings. The reason why it's easy for God to give you something is because your hand is open. But when he puts it in your hand, this is how you hold it. Steady. Don't even do this. This implies it's yours. It's not. Church ain't yours. <laughs> Kids ain't yours. Wife ain't yours. Husband ain't yours. Job ain't yours. Money ain't yours. Steady, relax. This is how I hold what God gives me. That way, it's easy whenever he wants to come get it. If I'm white knuckling, death gripping it, this, I wind up with a, in a tug of war with God. Who gonna win that? <laughs> I'm gonna lose all this meat right here, trying to. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get all this taken off, trying to. I'm holding on to my blessing. I don't have time to get into this because I would have to read too much. But if you go look at uh, when 
Adonijah and Absalom tried to take the kingdom from David, David was like this. Maybe, he, maybe they're supposed to have it. His army was looking at him like, these dudes trying to, they're trying to literally start a coup and come swipe the whole kingdom from you, David. David's like, maybe, maybe they're supposed to have it. I don't know. I can't call it. I'll let the Lord determine if I'm still supposed to have it or not. That was 2023 for me. 23 for me was like, maybe I ain't supposed to be doing this. Maybe I ain't supposed to be dishonest. I thought you told me to be this vulnerable. Maybe I'm not supposed to be this vulnerable. If I get completely canceled and I, nobody want to hear from me again, well, I'm a, okay. 2023 came and went, still here. <laughs> so I said, oh, I guess we're supposed to keep doing this then. So, so godliness with contentment. Is great gay. And I hope I hope that answers that question. Love you, sir. Don't forget, get the book, all right? Tim, we love you, my brother. So we dope. in the basement. Thank you, bro. Thank you. You had your hand raised. Come, come, you gotta come over here though. Give yourselves a round of applause. We are at two hours right now. <laughs> two hour live stream. If y'all hey. gotta go pee, I won't be offended. <laughs> hello, 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 hello. Hi, hi. Hi, what's your name? I'm Shayla. Hi, Shayla. Hi. All the way from CT in Connecticut in here. Hey, CT now. Okay, so my question actually goes along with what you were just saying. Great segue. Um, in earlier in our conversation today, you were talking about uh, congruency and the church needing to, or not needing to, but may have cha be challenged in this area um, into accepting people where they are. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people would probably say your transition from the pulpit to the basement as unconditional, um, which has given space for uh, people to come as they are, to be met where they are, and to grow in this area. For for churches and or individuals in the church, the physical space of the fellowship, not so much just the individual body. Right. Right. How would that, what, what would that look like for them to be able to make that transition? Because a lot of churches, not even intentionally, just because of tradition and the way that they've been established and the, the handoff of how they've been taught to operate the church mm -hmm. have um, created this thick generation of not accepting congruency in that Absolutely. manner. Yes. So my question is, what do you see or how do you see that looking like for that to be, for individual to be comfortable enough to show up? Yep and then for the churches to accept them in that way? Where would that crossroad be? Thank you, Shayla. It's a great question. So um, let's, let's, um, let's make some statements and say amen to them right now, okay? I believe that the local church is the hope of the entire world. I, I, amen? Okay, it is. Let's also say amen if you agree. You don't have to if you don't. That the local church is not where every single need is supposed to be addressed. Amen. 
The local church can't do everything. It's impossible. The structure of the local church is not a hospital. So let's start dispelling some myths. The church ain't a hospital. Who the hell wants to become a member of a hospital? Let's see. Homie said the food ain't good. <laughs> hospital food is trash. My father knows. So, so, so we've always said the church, the church is a hospital where you come with your brokenness and your pain. I don't want to be a member of a hospital. And I don't want to always be broken. Lord Jesus, I ain't going to get over none of it. <laughs> so the church ain't a hospital. I'm going to say another one. Y'all going to be pissed. The church ain't your family. The local church. We are, the moment we come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, we are brothers and sisters. But the local church being a family, how that work when you an employee of the local church? What happens when we got to fire a family member? Is the pastor your daddy? Is the first lady your mama? Is the elder of the church your big brother, deacon? Like, like we got to stop, like, we use these terms and then we get our feelings hurt because we put people in categories they shouldn't be in. You are my sisters. You are my brothers in Christ. The local church is the place we gather to lift up the name of the Lord. Right? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Right? Um, uh, Psalm 34. Oh, it's, it's, it's flashing in my face right now. Uh, I will bless the Lord at all times. Thank you, Holy Spirit. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. That's the local church. We're going to be here for like, if, if it's dependent on, right? This could be a 65-minute service. This could be a three-hour and 30-minute service. Depends on the expression of the church. We're going to let all the gifts of the spirit flow. <laughs> We're going to do everything. <laughs> There's going to be word of knowledge. There's going to be a prophetic word. There shall be speaking in tongues and interpretations. There will be a miracle. We ain't leaving to a big toe. Gets healed. Like, <laughs> we might be doing everything before this service is over, right? Or there might be the, hey, 65 minutes, we sung four songs. We don't even raise an offering. There's a little QR code, and you should already have the app. And I have a 28-minute sermon, and I have three points, and I promise you, your life's going to change. <laughs> Amen? Amen. The local church is a place where we all gather. Hopefully, from that big gathering, you can connect with three, four, five, six people where you can live life with if you got a good small group and you can get to this level of depth and safety, you're already living in a magical place, okay? But the local church is not going to fill every gap. There is no perfect church. You're not going to find one. So if you got disenfranchised with the church you came from, to write off all of church, my challenge always is you don't feel that way about a restaurant. And you got food poisoning before. 
You didn't vow, I'm from now on, it's all home-cooked meals from here on out. No, you Uber ate, you Uber eat it again. You door dashed again. You just didn't patronize that place again. So you cannot generalize your localized church hurt. That church hurt you, not every church hurt you. This is why I'm not intimidated by deconstructionists, because you're not deconstructing God. You're deconstructing the church that raised you. You're deconstructing yourself from what you learned about church in that particular expression. So I believe that putting the local church back into its rightful place in terms of category, the local church is the hope of the world. The gathering of the church should not go unfulfilled, right? Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. There is something about worshiping in a uh, gathering that I don't get when I am alone. I don't get watching it on Sunday morning. I'm a E-member or whatever. No, I only get it when I'm in the room. In the same way, this is different than watching a live from your screen. The whole vibe is different here. We get to see our brothers and sisters. It's a beautiful thing. I never want that to stop. The local church has a very distinct role to play in gathering people, in the apostolic work of going over doctrine, in sharing of meals and praying for each other. There's nothing like the body getting together. That's never gonna go away. I don't believe the local church expression on a Sunday is ever going to get to basement level. There ain't enough time. Church would have been over by now. If I tried to have a Q&A <laughs> and I'm a lead pastor of the church, church is over by now. If I got multiple services, it has to be over. Or your children are held hostage in children's ministry. <laughs> Them goldfish have ran out, and that four-year-old is like, ah! ah! And they done put on another veggie tail, and that nigga like, ah! Bro done put off his pants, ripped off his diaper, peed. Wrote his name in cursive on the carpet. And we talking about God is, God is doing supernatural things and the service is still going. Nah, nah, you, you hate kids. <laughs> Let my people go. <laughs> I'm dead. That tickled me. That was funny. So the local church has a role to play. But for us to try to make it be, how come the church doesn't do this and we need the church to do more of that? You can't ask that church to do all of that on a Sunday. And depending on how your work week goes, you can't be back for Tuesday and Wednesday. So I believe every church should have a basement. It don't have to be called a basement. Y'all can rip this thing off 1,400 times. There's no proprietary. I'm not over here like, I am the originator of authenticity and trans. I'm just trying to live out scripture in a different way with believers in Jesus. But this is not, this can't be your church. This ain't a church. It's a movement. <laughs> and it's a movement you can be a part of while still bringing that energy back to your local church. So I think they work together. They're not separate, nor can you make one thing the other. The basement will never be a church. 
I would not parlay this into a, I'm starting basement church. The move of God now has an address. It's in, I've, had, I've seen a lot of people turn a move of God into an address. And you know what they've done when they do that? They turned a movement into a monument. I can't tell you how many times an authentic revival got turned into a contrived re-expression of something the Holy Spirit is done with. He was like, I was in there the first six days. These other six months was y'all. <laughs> I was done after six. I didn't. Nobody told you to turn this into a full ministry, a 501c3. Nobody told you to take this on the road. We're taking the revival to Toronto. It was supposed to be six days in Flatbush on purpose. And I was done after six days. But you just like it too much. So I can't tell you how many people have continued with stuff that the Holy Spirit has ceased moving with. And I just want to be in the flow of what he's doing. I will do, like going back to this analogy, I will only do this as long as he tells me to. And when he is done with this, I will be done with it too. I will go cry over this like I did over Embassy City. Ask me if I think about Embassy City no more. I don't think about that church. <laughs> I planted the church, don't think about that church. And not in a like, see you, wouldn't want to be you. When the grace is lifted off of you, why would you still want to be doing something that God ain't doing through you no more? It's just a terrible thing. So the local church has an expression. I believe in it. I support it. I still preach in local churches. But what I do in a local church on a weekend, I can never do at basement and vice versa. So I hope that answers that question. Thank you, Shayla. Hi, Uncle Tim. Hi. <laughs> um, I'm Jasmine. I'm from D.C. Came Hi. up. Um, and you, we talk a lot about obedience. And mm -hmm. I'm in a season where I felt like the Lord was like, instead of doing the next thing, stay where you are. Mm -hmm. And I just want to hear about an, a time where, <clears throat> excuse me, a time where you, your obedience was actually staying. It wasn't leaving. It wasn't doing the next thing. And so I think we don't talk enough about that and just want to hear like, what does that look, or what did that look like practically for you? I know you mentioned you were in all of Proverbs last year. I've been studying Proverbs and Psalms. So it's helping me navigate the season with my work life and all that. But can you speak to what it looks like when you're obedient, when God says, actually, you don't get to go. You That's have to absolutely stay. Correct. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. I can. Girl, absolutely. I can. Woo! So um, I remember uh, when I was at Gateway Church. Oh, hold on. I, I um, stay right there just for a minute. Jasmine? Yes. Okay, Jasmine. So I wrote, I, the Holy Spirit told me to bring two books and two study guides and to sign them. And I didn't know who I was supposed to give them to. And. Can, hey, can you, can you get this? So I brought two books and two study guides. And as you were talking, the Holy Spirit said, that's the, that's one of them. So I said, okay. So that's yours. Um, so when I was at Gateway Church, I, um, I had, uh, I was an associate campus pastor. And um, I'm curious, why, why, did that, why did that move you? 
Okay. I think, like, so just a little background. Um, my entire work career, I work in marketing, and my entire career has been very tumultuous mm-hmm. and a lot of work trauma. And I think people don't talk enough about that in and of itself. But um, I'm at a great job, and even though it looks very much like past seasons where I've made, like, intervals where I'll never let them treat me like this and things like that. So I was starting to look for new jobs, and the Lord was like, I, I, um, you need to stay. And I was like, absolutely not. I need to go. And the Lord has been like, no. And so um, I'm reading Psalms. I'm reading Proverbs and learning the tension of lamenting that I can't go, but trying to find purpose and perspective where I am. And so I think, like, just, I don't know, I just, I did not expect this. And I was going to already buy your book, which I still am, but, and give it to other people. But it just, I don't know, like, I went to the live show, and I know you see people. So even just that moment, it's like, God's been constantly reaffirming that he sees me. He and sees it's like, you. wow, wow, yeah. God. So, yeah. wow, I was not prepared for that. Uh, okay, so ooh. thank you for elaborating. Because yeah. as you, again, when you first started talking, he told me to give you that. And then as you were talking again, he was he just literally said you were about to give her an old story. Give her the present one. <laughs> and that that would be the one that I would not want to give you. So I'll give you that one. Cause that's obedience. So um I would have quit this last year. Because the way I'm wired, if I don't get to have resolution with people, I'd rather not be a part of it. And last year was the year that tested me to see if I was going to quit doing this or not. It got loud enough and personal enough to where I was like, I don't need this. Like, I did it. I could do something else. I don't need this kind of energy. I don't need to be having these conversations. My friends are calling me, telling me I have to take you off of the roster. I know we advertised you were supposed to be at the conference. I can't have you anymore. I know you're supposed to come speak this weekend. I can't have you come speak anymore. And I'm like, I didn't get in this for this, man. And Lord, if, I'm, if, if I missed you, I'll apologize. Like, tell me I'm wrong and I'll say I'm wrong. He like, no, you're doing what? I'm like, but you didn't tell them. Because right. <laughs> all them niggas right there, it's still saying the same reckless. And I, I wanted to go last year because it would have been easy to go. And then you know where he took me? Daniel 3. In Daniel 3, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, I do not use their slave names. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are slave names. I do not use them because I took my time to learn their real names. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are told that if they don't bow down, that they're going to get fired. Metaphor, pun intended, double, double entendre, all of it, right? 
They're going to get fired. Quite literally, they're going to get fired. Their response is, oh, Nebby. Ah, <laughs> oh, Neb. We believe our God can save us from this fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't. So last year, and they made me emotional thinking about it. Um, last year was my year of, are you going to be congruent and misunderstood? Or are you going to run? Are you going to stay here and take this and get fired? Or are you going to run? And, you know, I like reading stuff in context. That's why I be going through so much scripture with y'all, because I like context. I don't just like verses. I like context. You know what happened to them boys after they got fired? They got promoted by a secular king. In a secular culture. Do you know them boys didn't know a word of Chaldean before they were captured? They learned the Chaldean tongue. They learned the whole culture. They learned their literature. They learned their music. They learned their arts. They learned their policies, their procedures, their decrees, their commands, everything. They became bilingual because that was necessary for them to do the job that they were asked to do. The same person that fired them promoted them, and they didn't have to leave to do it. So God's put you in a position, whenever God tells any of us to stay in a place we would rather run from, it's because he's going to change the narrative in front of us. He prepares a table. In their presence, not for you to gloat, just for them to observe that you couldn't run me off. Is, it, is the mic going up? Not sure what's going on, because even this one. Even this okay, okay you're, that one's back. Okay, for now, for now. But is it going to be, oh, yeah, that's, that sounds robust. Uh, I'm good with that. One, one sec. Uh, check your... Ch -ch 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 -ch. Yeah, we want to use these for the Okay, stream. got you, got you. Is I'm it back? Am I back? Check, 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 check. But it's low. Can you just turn it back up? If it goes back up? Yes. Okay, good. Okay. Can you go a little higher over there on that end? Yeah, max out bit. on this would be fantastic. So, um, thank you. That's robust. So, whenever he tells you not to run... It's because the same people that has something negative to say are going to be forced to change their narrative. And I just think, uh-oh. <laughs> Since we got time, I mean, why don't I just read it? Because, I mean, it's just juicy. So... Screaming at the other one. Okay. Is this... Is it coming back? Okay, there it is. Great. Check, 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 check. Okay, we're back. Okay, great. 
So, um, so let's just read the. So this is Daniel chapter number three, and and I'm just gonna read the end. No, 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 it's too good. Let me let me start. No, it's all too good. Yeah. In the volume of the book. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide and set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the provincial officers, all the provincial officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shouted out, people of all races and nations and languages, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bowed to the ground and worshiped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Just pause for the commercial break. Always understand that when the enemy wants you to bow to something, he will put music to it. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed on the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You issued a decree requiring all the people to bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the, f the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and other musical instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your gods and do not worship the gold statue you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought to him. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, is it true? <laughs> Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give the... I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instruments. But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, oh, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God who we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, and you got to have that level of bop. Y'all can fire me. Still not going to the company party if it's at the strip club. Still not doing shots with y'all at the corporate event. Because even if he don't which is just a gangster statement. Even if he doesn't, 
We want, you to, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious that she, uh, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Now, that's just petty. Let's pause. That's petty. If it's a hot furnace... And you turn it up seven times hotter. How am I know? <laughs> Imagine me getting thrown in the furnace and being like, ah! Why you turn it up so hot? Furnace going to dead you, son. Like, what, what are we talking about here? Turned it up seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the, because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. The people that threw them in got burnt up. Ooh, the thing, is, the thing is preaching by itself. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the, into the furnace? See, a lot of people want out of what Jesus wants into. Some of us want out of the job Jesus wants in. And he can't get in if you're not in. Because he's with you, not with them. Some of y'all want out of the marriage. He wants into it. Some of y'all want... Some of y'all want out of the church. He wants into it through you. And if you're not there, he can't appear. It's just a little thing right there. Um, yeah. Okay, so then boom, boom. Didn't we just throw in three men? Okay. Yes, your majesty, we certainly did. They replied, look! Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed. Unbound, unharmed. Stuff that would have killed other people falls off of you. And the fourth looks like a god. Now let's pause. Unbound, unharmed. They went in tied. The only thing that burned off was the thing that wasn't supposed to be on them. Some of y'all are rebuking fires that are meant to burn off stuff that is never going to come off you unless it's hot. I call it the teabag test. You're never going to know what you're hot or not until you put it into a pot that's boiling hot. Some of you need fire to get some stuff burned off for you. Everything that you're carrying in this season is not supposed to be in your next season. And the only thing that's going to get it off is adversity. I don't know who this is for. I don't know who this is for, but don't rebuke your adversity. You can't grow without it. If you thought this life with Jesus was supposed to be a cakewalk, think again. 
at that point, stop reading Psalms and Proverbs. Because <laughs> maybe you just reading all the happy parts. <laughs> I was glad when they said unto me, no, 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 go read. And they were crucified upside down. Like you need to, you need to be reminded that being a disciple of Jesus means there's going to be adversity. There are going to be fires and you can't rebuke those. You can't ask to be out of those because those are what make you. 2023 made me. I came out with thicker skin and a softer heart. These niggas don't know what to do with me now. <laughs> I swear to you, they don't, because I'm praying for all of them. I just had a pastor that I won't name say something about me. I went to his church. Was sitting in his own green room, hugging his whole staff. Because Jesus did his earthly ministry in a three-square-mile radius. He was always running into people that didn't like him. And you mean to tell me I'm a runaway from a green room? Stop playing. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, because you know your enemy can't even handle the fire you in. They can only get as close as they can. You walking through stuff they would burn up in. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the most high God. Oh, you know his name. Oh, you know my God's name. In front of your big old statue, you know who the most high. Yours is only 90 feet high. So you know the difference between 90 feet high and most. Stop playing. Come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high of officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed, and their clothing was not scorched. Last one, they didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even smell of smoke. God can bring you so fully out of a fiery season that you don't even smell like, look like, sound like, walk like, talk like what you've been through. God can make your before and after story so beautiful that when you tell it, they'll think you lying. God just delivered me from a fire. Girl, no, he didn't stop. You don't smell like no smoke. Ah, no. But I, no cap, I was in it. I was fully in it. Girl, no, you wasn't. I was. I just went through the most horrible day of my life. No, you didn't. I did. Mm-hmm. They didn't even smell the smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let's, let's, just, let's just slow walk this. He didn't get converted. But they got respected. Everybody ain't going to become a Jesus follower because you let your light so shine. For some, it's just to show resilience that, oh, we don't mess with that one. 
Jasmine? Oh, she about that life. We, tr we tried, homie. I thought she would have ran off. I thought she would have quit by now. We wrote homie up four times off some BS. Bible study. And she... <laughs> Lest I be accused. <laughs> and she's still here. I thought we was going to run her off. Nope. We made a lot of videos about Tim last year. Now this nigga on tour. <laughs> he sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve and worship any God except their own. Therefore, I make this decree. And when a king makes a decree, it's abiding. Which means when he made this decree, he put all of his own staff and citizens on notice. It's too juicy. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. And their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. If it would have stopped there, it would have been dope. Verse 30 is just rubbing it in. <laughs> then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. Let this be a lesson to everybody that you think you got to tell off. Where, where are my clapback people? You ain't going to get it. Where are my pop off? I mean, honestly, let's just be honest. You self-aware like, I bet you won't. Like you, you ready, right? You ready with the. They brought it on they self. <laughs> you started it, I end it. I bet you you don't have to. Did Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah open their mouth? Yeah, fools. That's why y'all all bowed. Compromising so-and-sos. Yeah, we stood for what we believe now. Look. They didn't have to say nothing. Neb said it for them. Once again, I hear a lot. I don't have to respond. I really don't. Mm -mm. Actions speak louder than words. I heard it went right, went duly noted, heard you. So, not, I don't want to say it that way. In keeping myself humble, contemplated, is there any truth to that? Because you know everybody that says stuff ain't wrong. So let me check my heart. Any truth to that? No, not really? Misunderstanding? Alrighty then. Let's keep it moving. Flesh is like, tell that nigga <laughs> that I said. <laughs> no, no, no. I know you love Jesus. I know you love Jesus. Just tell him that I said. <laughs> Doesn't have to happen. 
Because God promotes. You can get promoted from a basement. There is no corporate ladder to climb. God raises people up and brings them down. That's a hand motion. That ain't no ladder. <laughs> Who needs a ladder when you got his hand? God can strategically place you in places that your own strategy couldn't put you. Per my last email, I had a person, thank you, Holy Spirit. I haven't, I, Jasmine, I promise you I ain't thought about what I'm about to tell you since I thought about it. That probably makes no sense, but. <laughs> th there was a young lady um, who came up to me. She was like, I'm going through a situation at work. They're trying to get me, but they don't know me. I am a corporate savage. I got all the receipts. I got every email. I got it all. I got the whole thing. And I'm, uh, if they come after me, I'm ready to, y'all, I'm, I'm going to get them. She telling me everything, boom, boom, boom. And if they do this, then I'm going to do this. But if they do that, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to make sure because they ain't, they ain't going to catch me slipping. I said, do you trust God in this process? She said, yeah, for sure. I said, delete the emails. She almost died. <laughs> Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots. Some trust in emails. Some trust in their text threads. Some trust in their ring cameras. I said, if you trust God, delete the email. Don't have a plan B. Put all chips to the middle of the table. And if God is righteous, he will vindicate you. He don't need your help. And she did it. And then he clowned. Ooh, let me tell I'm trying to tell y'all what I know. I told y'all I do not talk from theory. Everything I say, I've actually lived and walked through. You don't have to defend yourself. When you literally take your hands off it, God's like, oh, oh, say less. <laughs> I'm coming through. I don't know why I just thought about Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> the Wu's coming through. The outcome is critical. Like that's when God comes through, like it literally like, God has come through for me in situations like you, are talking about, he's, he's come through so loud, I get embarrassed. Like, I'd be like, oh, oh, no, no, dad, no, 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 so sorry, sir, I'm so sorry, you didn't have to, no, 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 I, 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 I did not ask you to, I, I did not be apologizing to them, like, I'm so sorry, ah, oh, my God, my, my dad came to work and I, oh my God, dad. I didn't know he was gonna embarrass the whole company for my sake. I, I didn't tell him. I promise you my prayers weren't kill him. I, it was bless him, but then he, I don't know. He, now you're embarrassed and 
This is my check. Thank you. I, I didn't know I was getting promoted. Like, so you don't have to, you don't have to defend yourself. And it is a dying to the flesh to do so. Okay, yes, Holy Spirit, that too. Okay, it's Jesus on the cross again, right? And it is all these people like mocking. If you're really the son of God, come down. The most, we think the most extravagant gift is like the cross. The most extravagant gift is him not coming down. <laughs> imagine, imagine in the middle of atoning for our sins, he was like, what? <laughs> Hold me on the cross. What did you say? <laughs> if you're really the son of God, come down. Oh, you think this is a... <laughs> you think we joking up here? That would have been, that would have been to our detriment. So some stuff you just got to let... Thank you, Holy Spirit. Last thing, I promise I'll shut up on this, but it's just too rich. Daniel chapter number one, they are teenagers. Those are young men that are taken cap captive. They're castrated. Like these are four young men that don't get to have families. We don't understand like the brutality of what it meant to be captive in that area. Nebuchadnezzar was so gangster, when he would, when he would take over a territory, he would take the king, drop him to his knees, put his family in front of him, and force him to keep his eyes open while his family was murdered. As soon as his family was executed, in, when the king's family was executed in front of him, he would then gouge out that king's eyes so that the last thing he saw was his family getting killed. Next thing, he'd pull out his tongue and nail it to his chin so that there would, the king could no longer speak. He'd nail his tongue to his chin. Then eyeless and tongue pinned, he'd put him on a horse backwards, smack the horse and let it ride off into the sunset. So this dude is just galloping into, is that brutal? So Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they're, they're taking captivity, they're castrated. This ain't like happy, happy, joy, joy, right? There were teenagers in chapter number one. Chapter number six, Daniel, the whole lion's den. Daniel's in his 80s. He's on his third king. He served Nebuchadnezzar, Cyrus, and Darius, or Nebuchadnezzar, Darius, and Cyrus. I forget which one. But by chapter number six, he's on his third administration. It would be like him working for three different presidents. That's how good he was at his job. So he's in his 80s. They tell him, if you pray, we're going to throw you in the lion's den. You know what Daniel did? He went home, opened the windows. Here would have been a, a, an American Christian. You know, I had to use wisdom. You know, I closed the windows because got to be wise as a serpent and gentle. Nah, this nigga was like, open up all the windows, praying loud. Oh, God of heaven. 
And he winds up in the lion's den. It's an old, wrinkly man in the lion's den. This ain't no young buck. But he had learned then what to do now. If you didn't eat the king's provisions and you didn't bow, then you won't compromise later. That's muscle memory. That's a training of oneself. I'm going to do the same thing in every situation. That, that level of discipline and that level of restraint, that level of self-control, that's louder than you open your mouth saying, I believe Jesus is Lord. Do you like to accept him? They can see that every single day. And it's a beautiful thing. So long answer, but I hope that is helpful. I love you. Yeah, I love you. He's coming. Were you about to ask a question? Okay, no, 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 let him come. I saw him first. I'm, I'm so sorry. And then you afterwards, okay? Both of y'all have on hats, and it's... Thanks for having me up. My name for is sure. Dave. Um, Dave? Yeah, Dave. My man. So uh, AJ kind of started it off. I was already thinking about it. Um, but there's a little bit more context around this part. So I have... Um, I'm married, I have two young daughters. I'm girl dad, boy dad, yes, sir. girl dads. Absolutely. Um, so in the past, before I was married, born and raised in New York, I hustled street work to corporate work. Yep. Right? Yep. So now, now I am married mm -hmm. and I tried to act the same way. Mm. And I ended up charging forward knowing what I'm capable of doing and sac almost sacrificed my marriage. Yep. So I met God at that moment, knew what I needed to do. Restored that through leadership under Christ. Mm -hmm. Then had a, a, almost like a relapse of, oh, well, God's with me, so now I'm gonna try to bring him with me, because, no, 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 I can't do that. <laughs> so, um, now I have these moments where I have tried to do it without God, tried to do it being married, tried to do it with God, and now being that my wife is, we're in, pointing in the same direction now. Mm -hmm. And I have two daughters though. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like I have like, like the dog has been hit with the newspaper a few times, where it's just like, now it's time for me to go. And other people, that divine echo type of thing, like, all right, you can do this. Now it's time for you to go, be creative, do what you've been made to do. Mm -hmm. But now I'm always second guessing. Got you. Absolutely. So how do I be sensitive to the spirit? Mm -hmm. Do what he tells me to do. Yes, sir. But not have like that that sense like I'm I'm doing too much. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna give you two words, Dave. These two words are gonna save your life for the rest of your life and your marriage and your daughters. How old are your daughters? Uh, three and five. Mm -hmm. Two words. Go. Slow. When you were by yourself, you can make moves swiftly. 
you could make a mistake and course correct. Who who did it hurt? Right? Maybe you got scraped, Nick, and it was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> right? You were able to pivot. You got married even before kids. You got to slow down. You got kids. You got to slow down more. And so you can still hear from God and you can still go in the direction he's going. The pace changes. When I travel by myself, I'm moving. Hector would tell you, my pace, when I'm walking, I turn around and I'm like, y'all good? Like, <laughs> I'm 5'9", but my stride is like a dude that's 6'6". I'd be moving, right? When, I, when, when Juliet is with me, I slow down. When my boys are with me, I go slower. If my mother-in-law go with me, I go slowest. A good shepherd, while leading his sheep, will only travel at the pace that the youngest sheep can mark. So let's say that the next pasture is 10 miles away, and the, the most mature sheep can do five miles a day. That would be a two-day trip if they were all mature. But the babies can only do two miles. It's a five-day trip. Because I can only go, I set my pace at the youngest in the flock. So when I left, uh, when I left Potter's house, the Holy Spirit told me in November of 2008, I shared it with Juliet, January of 2009. She said, we're not leaving until, like we can't leave unless we do it right. It wound up being, my last day at Potter's House wound up being December 31st of 2010. He gave me the word November of 08. But in order for my wife to get her mind around it and be in full agreement, it was 2010 before I was actually out. That's how long it took the process. Was I late? Was she holding me back? Nope. God then... His will, like, this is all, like, omniscient stuff that I'll ask him about, like, specifically when I get back there. <laughs> but for now, I'm, the best way I can say it is he just winds up setting his will to be the perfect timing of the alignment that you have with your family. Because he's never going to tell you to do nothing that's going to wind up getting you and your wife so frustrated at each other that you pissed about what he's telling you to do. Right? Peter was still married to his wife after Christ's death. Because Paul mentions Peter's wife. So him being the Lord's disciple and also his apostle doesn't make him compromise his marriage. I scoff at these pastors that are getting divorced from their spouses and still preaching two weeks later. Them some rusty niggas. And got the nerve to be like, God didn't call me to be married, but he did call me to preach. I don't want to hear you. You're illegal. You just misrepresented the entire kingdom. If a husband and wife is a type and shadow of Christ and his church, who Christ breaking up with? If your marriage is an example, who he divorced? And I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about adultery. I'm talking about irreconcilable differences. No, one of y'all didn't want to die to your flesh. One or both. So I'm like, okay, cool. Second example. Embassy City. It was September of 2021 20, when he told me that my season as a lead pastor was coming to an end. I told Juliet she almost died. She was like, you might as well be telling us to put up one of our kids for adoption. 
God birthed this church through us. Why would he tell us to leave it? I'm like, Lord, you better talk to your girl. I didn't go into no like, I swear the Lord spoke to me. I'm the man of this house. Why don't you listen? God is using me. That's my wife, not my congregant. <laughs> She's not a parishioner. I have sex with that woman. <laughs> I don't have sex with my parishioners. She knows me in a way no one else knows me on this planet. She's seen good, bad, and ugly and kept her vows. I've seen good, bad, and ugly, kept my vows. So I submitted it to her, and I'm like, well, if you don't hear nothing, then I ain't, my, this is what I heard. It was January of 2022 before she was like, okay, I think it's the Lord. She was like, I think we'll transition the church in 2025. I said, well, you know, let's just keep praying. Because that sounds long to me. I thought it was going to be 2023. It wound up being 2022. We both cried our eyes out. August of 2022, we realized that was our last year. We cried our eyes out. We processed it. December 31st of 2022 was our last year as the lead pastor. So he told us in September 21, it took till January 22 to get into agreement. And the whole fulfillment was December 31st of 2022. Here's the thing. And I need you to have this, Dave, for every, because you're going to commit to this. I know you are. You are a teachable man. I, I, I can discern it. But this is what's going to save you. You will not be late for anything. That's what you need to hear. I know it. You oh, don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. I, I, I need this to settle in you. You will not be late for anything slowing down for your family. I promise you, if you slow down for your family, God will speed up his promises. For you honoring your wife and your two little girls, go at a pace that is sustainable for them. God will bring stuff to you. You ain't got to run to it. He will literally bring it to you. Even if that literally means he has to bring it to your doorstep. Mark my words. All right, I love you. Well, Tim, we got, we can do one more. Yep. And then we got a reset for tonight. Okay, done so. deal. So we'll do, we'll, we'll do one more. Then we'll sign off. Bye, y'all. And then, um, and then I'll, I want to holler at y'all before we actually leave, okay? Could we do I'm, I'm sorry y'all not going to hear it, but y'all weren't here. How you doing? I'm good, bro. Hi. Um, thanks, so, for, thanks for helping in all this, too. Yeah, of course. Thank yeah. you. Um, so, Your name. What? Your name. Anthony. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> um, quick story. 2016, 2019. Um, I'm a DJ producer, artist, traveled, uh, was touring, all that stuff, super excited. Um, and then 2019, I felt like God called me into ministry, working vocational ministry. Um, and so that's that was a huge transition. 2019, 2020 happens, COVID, all that stuff. I live in New, I lived in New York at the time, Long Island, New York. And um, and then I felt like at the end of 2020, God told me to get married uh, to my girlfriend at the time. And so. And moved to North Carolina in rural North Carolina to accept a, like a youth director position, and so <laughs> your boy in a month and a half got married, and we moved down and started our life. And I thought God was going to do amazing things because He was like, I was like touring, I was doing all the stuff, open up for huge guys, and now all of a sudden I'm in 
we're all North Carolina thinking God's going to explode like my ministry, whatever, and realized he was leading me into the desert. And God was molding me in that time, broke down all those idols. Um, cause, and I forgot your, your name and also what you've been saying. All Shayla or Imani. Imani, just, Imani, just yeah, like yeah. the community aspect, like mm -hmm. your boys from Long Island, New York, he's a gabagool. There's no gabagools <laughs> in North Carolina. <laughs> and yeah, just felt <laughs> so alone. Um, I'm, I'm trying to make this quick. And then, yeah, 2023, uh, I got let go from that church right as like, I felt like I was finally fitting in. Um, and then pretty much since June, 2023, been figuring out my life creative freelancer trying to build a business and uh yeah just feel without purpose lack of clarity mm -hmm. and i don't uh the amount of pressure i have i have a one-year-old now mm -hmm. and just how do you handle the pressure of being an entrepreneur how do you handle the pressure of uh, all the things that you've done and then you just feeling like man what was this all for i actually do know why god led me into the desert but yeah just talk on maybe a little bit how to handle the or maybe how do you stop giving yourself so much pressure self-induced pressure um on the ways yeah because it's just been really brutal figuring life out since that time so i'm so glad you said that last bit um because what i was going to ask you is where do you feel the pressure coming from uh, just italian american household just paying the bills family and like providing um so yeah that that's like the biggest pressure um okay and but yeah a lot of it is i think self-induced and a lot of it is from the language and this the culture and environment that i grew up in yep. which i loved and there's so much good from that yeah for um, sure but yeah so okay so um let, let i want to add this is going to be a conversation this is going to be more <laughs> conversational let me ask uh, if you could put a percentage on the amount of pressure you feel is self-induced and the amount of pressure that comes from all other things combined, what would the percentage be? In total, like 4,798%. From you? <laughs> like, that's what I feel. Okay, great. Great, great, great. So this is not coming from your wife? Oh, uh, no, no, no. Is no, your no. wife like, damn it. Uh, what are you doing? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Is your one-year-old? Uh, honestly, it's probably a lot from that. I think when I, um, yeah, when I, when he was born, dude, it was just like, oh my gosh, because, you know, some pastors don't get paid a lot. And so it just the financial burden yeah, sure. was a lot at the time. So, yeah, it's a lot from just like looking at him, seeing how cute he is. And literally, not last night, two nights ago, right before I flew here, um, uh, he took his, like, he's taking his first steps. Absolutely. And so he's just like at that age. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I, how am I going to provide for him? It's just the fear of the future when it's like, you don't know when your next paycheck come in and stuff. So you hit, you are, we, we got to it. Now I'm glad you kept talking. You got to it. You're afraid. Oh yeah. Yeah. The biggest <laughs> show, terrified. <laughs> Great. I All thought right. I was terrified moving from New York to North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's just like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Absolutely. So God is not giving you the spirit of fear. Psh. But you have to acknowledge it. Hmm. You have to acknowledge that, okay, this is, this, uh, this is some scary stuff, right? I'm afraid. Acknowledging it exposes it. 
and then we can realign it. You are in a season where I, I promise you there are seasons like this that mark you for your whole life. You're in a season where you're walking by faith and you are being sustained supernaturally by God. Every gig you pick up, everything you do, everything is like, God, you're miraculous right here. He's building, he's building the relationship that you have with him right now. Um, that's my mommy. Um, so that you can trust him. Okay. I, I've been where you are right now. I remember getting my last check from Potter's house the third week of December. I'll never forget it as long as I live. It was my last check. And I remember saying to the Lord, I guess I work for you now. After Potter's house. You said that. My, my last check yeah. from Potter's house, right? Like, I'm not getting another check. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I work for you now. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm about to find out if you drove Jehovah Jireh for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Not because I'm going to be at home, like, believing God for a check to come in the world. Yeah, I, yeah. I will work. But like you gotta, I'm about to become an itinerant speaker in 2011. Who knows me? Did you know me in 2011? Had y'all heard my name in 2011? <laughs> 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 Bro, your comments have been so perfect. <laughs> it's only been like three, but they've all been so dope. <laughs> I barely knew Jesus. Who knows about a Tim Ross? Forget about it. Nobody <laughs> knows who this guy is. Some guy. It's just some guy from Texas. Who cares? I just knew about Jesus. I don't know, even know who the other guy is. So, so, I'm, so I get this last check, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all right, Lord. And so, um, you know, I talk about a lot about my faith moves. But I don't want to. I don't want y'all to get the misconception that I've been Abraham out here. That I just been like, don't care what he asked me. I got about two Abraham stories, where I'm really like, he told me I did it, and I knew he. Every other one of my stories is Gideon. <laughs> they came with fleeces, <laughs> and a lot of people. A lot of people think Gideon gets an L for asking for fleeces. He's in Hebrews 11, just like Abraham. Yeah. We, oh, you didn't have faith. You needed a fleece. You didn't trust God. God wasn't even offended by his fleece. He answered all three of them. I had three fleeces. When I got that last check, I said, I need three things to happen. If this is really you, Lord, I need three things to happen. Number one, my wife can't go back to work. I said the same thing. <laughs> I had a two-year-old and a two-month-old on January 1st of 2011. I don't know what I would do if I had two kids. <laughs> I, I can identify with you, bro. So here I am. I told the Lord, if, if this is really you, I can't, Julie, I can't go back to work. If she has to go back to work, then this is probably not you. That's number one. Number two, I need a raise. I said, I need a raise. This calendar year, I need to make one penny more than I made at PH to notice is you. Mm. I don't need to make $15,000 more. I don't need to be a millionaire about it, you know. I need to make one penny more than I made last year to know that you're still with me. And number three, I will not use Bishop Jake's name to get preaching engagements. Mm. If I gotta ride his coattails, I might as well stay with him. But if you the one told me to leave and he gave me his blessing, 
then you're going to have to make my name great. Hmm. So let me tell you what happened. And this is not cookie cutter. It happens for different people. I'm telling you what happens. Hopefully it just builds your faith. January comes, just so you know, I, I, January 1st of 2011, 2011, I'm now an itinerant speaker, and I only have two engagements for the whole year, and they're both in January. <laughs> ah, it's so funny. <laughs> so I have a, January 9th was the first speaking engagement. Uh, I'll never forget as long as I live. It was in Phoenix, Arizona. I preached at a church. I'd never preached at before. And it was on a Saturday night for young adults. That next morning, because I'm a church kid, I went to church. I didn't have nothing. I wasn't speaking or nothing. I heard the pastor's sermon, and after it was over, he was like, you, young man, come here. Tells me to stand up. Literally prophesies through word of a knowledge, because word of knowledge and prophecy are two different things. Prophecy speaks of the future. Word of knowledge speaks to the present or the past. Yeah, yeah. So they're not the same thing. So he gives a word of knowledge and a prophetic word. He literally runs down the last five years of my life cryptically, but in detail. Mm. I was like, sir, I don't know how you're doing this, but I know God knows. Mm. But why are you giving me, him this stuff in public? And then, <laughs> <laughs> so he prophesies the last five. I'm sorry, he word of knowledge in the last five and then prophesies the next five. Everything came to pass, just so you know. Got that check. Then I had um, some speaking engagements at the end of the month. When I got home, I had made two-thirds of my annual salary that I had made at Potter's House. And the Holy Spirit literally said to me, as clear as I'm talking to you, don't ever ask me about money again. From that day to this day, I've never asked him about money again. I'll point to it. <laughs> I'll open up that checking account and I'll be like, you see this? <laughs> I'm obedient, sir. I'm not blind. You see this in here, but that's not my business. That's yours. I trust you because I saw what you did. And if you did it then, you'll do it now. I don't know how, but if you did it then, you will do it now. I trust you. I will go to sleep with $88 in an account. <laughs> Knowing that by the end of the month, you are my provider. I don't know how it's coming. And that ain't my business. But I am not a lazy man. You know I have a work ethic but I can't make nothing happen. Mm. You, that's your child. I took delight in making this baby, but it ain't mine. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's your daughter. That's my wife. That's your daughter. I'm your son. This is all on you, fam. And I think you're in a season where he wants to make sure that is settled with you. Mm. That way you can go use your faith for something else. Because you do understand that faith and trust are two different things. I trust God in certain areas of my life because I have empirical data that he has come through. In the areas where I'm unfamiliar, I have to apply faith. Mm. When it comes to finances, I don't talk to him about that no more. He's proven himself too much. I don't even bring it up. 
So now I get to have faith for my dad. I just need that to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I want to let me keep it a book. Y'all know I, I'm, I'm big on receipts and being congruent. I'm not telling you this right now. The reason why I'm so passionate about saying this right now, because I'm here right now. I'm not in the situation where I'm sitting on <laughs> stacks. I'm in a situation where I am providing, this is my first time saying this publicly, so, but I feel at peace to do so. My dad's on hospice. We paying for that. Mm. I'm grateful I had the money to do it. But it ain't coming from no surplus. <laughs> it's coming from what's there. Mm. Which means I got to believe him for if you telling me to do this, sir, you are going to have to give me a raise. <laughs> but that's his business. I don't talk to him about that no more. Just to be in a position where I can do this for my daddy. That man raised me. Yeah. He provided for me because God provided for him. And now I'm in a situation where I get to return the favor. Take it all. Who going to bring it back? He is. How? I don't know. <laughs> this was not a ticketed event. <laughs> I didn't come in here and ask all of y'all for $100 to cover venue cost and hopefully I can break even and come back home with, nah. He provides. Did you did you say eighty eight before? Eighty eight dollars. That's crazy. Cause that I I don't know when exactly, but a few weeks ago, that was like the lowest I've ever saw in my bank account. And I was like, eighty eight, eighty eight specifically. Yeah, I forgot I the cents, but yeah, yeah, I can't make that up. <laughs> So. I could have said 92. I could have said seven. <laughs> but he, I, wa he wants to remind you he saw the same thing you did. That's what that was. That number comes out of my mouth for him to remind you, I saw what you saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to leave you like that. So, so take it all in because, bro, you, you're going to be financially stable for the rest of your life but you need it this season so that you would know that your money is not God All right, let's go. Yep. Okay. well 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 look at the time the dwellers and I have been here three hours and 12 minutes I, got, I had to get one. I had to get one, Daddy. <laughs> Hector! Oh, you showed such restraint. You were such a good young man today. That was perfect. That was perfect. Um, uh, I love you guys. And until next time, peace. So press B with me, and let's let whatever gon' be just be, uh, yeah. So press B with me, and let's let whatever gon' be just be.